Hello, listening people. Hello! You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Stawinski. I'm Bartek. Yes, and we are Spin Polish, likingly, because we're always spitting, and yes, we are both Polish, of course. Ooh, that was a good twist. It was a twist on the original, uh, you know, mystery of what is our last names and first names. Like, well, what nationality is Ryan? Obviously Polish, what's I guess. A, what's a last name? I don't know. Oh. I, it's a thing that the white man enforces on me. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. So, what we do on this show, on this podcast, is we do feature-length audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve any. But that's where we disagree. Ooh, another twist. Another twist. We think that these movies are an unappreciated masterpiece. Because at the end of the day, someone created this. Someone handed that idea off to a studio. The studio saw the potential and said yes. And every movie... Every single movie has a message of some sort. And isn't a message important? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, one of the biggest things people do on Facebook is send messages. That seems international. Yeah, yeah. And emails have been around since long before. And And you know what's been around longer? Letters. Movies. Movies are eternal. Well, you know, mean, you capture that message and it's going to stay there until the sun explodes and kills us. I guess messengers are older, but no one uses those anymore. Yeah, exactly. So we are covering movies that have not been loved by the public, but not hated either. This is not your typical fanfare type of movie. It's a movie that doesn't get the love, but doesn't get the hate either. Think it's of- just the middle of the road. And that's where we say no, because you know what's in the middle of that road? Heaven. Think of it like this. You're in a small village, and in the village, there's this one really notorious person that everyone, you know, decries, that they hate, that they always talk about, and that they don't like. And the the movies that we do on the show are the people on the side who listen to it but don't contribute. And who's that guest for today? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wait, do we, know, do we normally introduce the movie first? I know, or? but you were, you were already setting up that villainous character, so I think it's time to introduce Jess Truin. Hi, guys. Now, Jess, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, after knowing me for Well, at years. one point, uh, Jess and I lived together, and Ooh. Jess and I... Separate. She lived in my bed. And, you know, it was really weird (laughs) considering she's an alcoholic. Inside the mattress? In the mattress. Oh, okay. It was really lumpy. It was really lumpy and awkward. And it was weird. And, no, and she said to me, Ryan, I really want to come back on the show. I haven't been on (laughs) since Vampire Academy, which is a really good movie, by the way, and a great episode. You should check it out. And Jess said to me, Jess said, Ryan, I want to check out this particular movie. Bartek, what was the movie that Jess wanted me and you and her together to check out for this episode? One of her favourite movies. What is the film? The Unappreciated Masterpiece that really gets Jess's loins going. Oh, the one that you didn't tell me about? Yeah. Guys, <laughs> Jess Truin wanted us, Ryan and Bartek <laughs> Slowinski and whatever my real This is a serious is. matter, right, Jess. I'm, okay? I'm sorry, I'm Jeez. sorry. It's not the Holocaust. You can't just laugh, okay? <laughs> she wanted us to watch Paul Blart too, <laughs> and I said, "No, Jess, never. that's appreciated." I would never even utter those words. What was it, Ryan? What do you mean? What was the movie? The movie we're covering today. Oh, she wanted us to watch this movie. Oh, yes. 
it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I begged you to choose anything else. And then, that is more and then, accurate. And then she said, <laughs> then she said, Ryan, I really actually changed my mind. Oh, After looking at the amazing poster for this movie, what a combination. Yin and yang, ebony and ivory. Bartek, what is the movie we're covering? Well, the movie that we are covering right not. now is Shisko Shivali. Oh, of course. Shisko Shivali. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't Shistko. speak I don't speak Polish, but I oh, imagine fuck. that's the film that uh, Jess suggested, which was yeah. every single Mary Kate and Ashley movie. <laughs> just Jess, Jess talked to me on Facebook, and she said to me. Oh, are we covering the Mary Kate and Ashley movie? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't mention them at any point. There was never a mention of it Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> you suggested it like, you. are you doing this as if they, I brought it up before? But Bartek, are we doing the Mary Kate and Ashley? One of the Mary, many Mary Kate and Ashley movies that are all TV movies. And you can't deny that because you haven't seen one. When I was a kid, I, I watched two of a kind, I guess. Was there one where they went to Rome? Yes, one in Rome. I've seen that one. Okay. See? Shistko Shivali, if you were to translate that to English, it would mean everything is falling or everything is collapsing. Oh, no. But that's not the actual title in English. That's just no. the Polish localizers doing a localized title uh, for bringing, down the, uh, bringing the house down? Bringing down the house. Bringing down the house. <laughs> Big Baby's Day Out. Wait a moment. <laughs> bringing down the house? Isn't that in German translated to uh, the house down on her head? I swear that's what? the title. <laughs> if you look on IMDb, the first piece of trivia is in German. This translates <laughs> to, was it the house brings down on her head or something? <laughs> and I'm like, yay! If you say so, Ryan. Um, Guys, guys, we're getting a bit silly because Jess really wanted us to do this movie. I absolutely. And she said, she said, Ryan, Bartek, you guys up. need to help me on this because... This oh movie God. is unappreciated. It stars oh two quality actors. That is true. Mary Eugene Kate. Levy. <laughs> and Ashley. What? And Joan one Plow, of them, right? One of them Didn't goes you? in blackface, the other one looks like <laughs> Steve Martin. <laughs> so, so, we're going to be watching um, Bringing Down the House with everyone's favourite two actors, Leslie Nielsen. And, of course, Queen Latifah. I mean, there's no one else who can be Queen Latifah. I mean, no, sorry. Leslie Nielsen and Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are the Thank two you, stars. Ryan. So, okay. Enough silliness. Because there are people who genuinely love this movie, and I oh, genuinely love this movie. So, and Jess genuinely loves it, and Bartek. You know, we make some jokes. Jess is Bartek, making jokes. Jo- Jess is making jokes about how she doesn't love it, but really does. It's just playful banter to get you guys in the mood for some comedy because that's what this is all about. We're, hard to get. we're playing we're playing a bit of fun with these kind of with this movie because it, this is a comedy and a comedy needs to be treated seriously. So, we are going to be serious now. If you could get your copy ready cuz we're going to start this film and you're going to watch it with us. We're going to do a count I'm going to do a countdown. When I say play, you hit play and with you're going to watch legally it with acquired. your legally acquired copy cuz I want I want everyone involved in this movie to get the residual kickbacks. I want I want Steve Martin, but more importantly, I want Missy Pyle to look at her phone and see the check in her phone because they do it electronically now Jess it's a she modern a day Instagram. she has a great face oh so 
get it ready because we're going to start this in three, two, one, play. play. So we're two seconds in, just so everyone's happy. And this is a touchstone, so it's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. They just touch like my stone because Touchstone is a Disney distributor. It's, it's when Disney wants to release a film, but they don't want to call it a Disney Yeah, movie. it's when Disney don't want to admit that they made a movie. <laughs> uh, except for when they really want to admit that they made The Shaggy Dog. Another great film. With, yeah, and, you know? and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, well, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So, this is a film called Bringing Down the House. And boy, did it bring down my house when I watched this film. Oh I'm going to leap straight in. This is a film I grew up with. Oh. This is not one I saw in the cinema, but this is one of those movies that my mum and dad bought on DVD. I don't know. I've talked about this on the show before, but I want to bring it up again. DVD. Because this came out in 2003. That was still VHS. No, DVDs were just coming in. So what happened was, Jess, I'm glad to bring this up. So VHS is very important, yeah? Mm -hmm. My family did this a lot. I don't know if anyone else's did, but I've brought it up on the show when DVDs came out, my parents bought DVDs simply on the, oh, I know that, or, oh, I know that person. Like, that was their yeah. buying impulse because it was a new technology. So it's like, oh, I know Steve Martin. Yeah. I'll buy Bringing Down the House. Has no idea what it's about. Oh, but it's got Eugene Levy in it. Oh, well, Steve Martin, Eugene Levy, they're comedic geniuses. And Queen Latifah, I don't know who that is, but she seems fun. And my parents would buy many, many, many movies, many unappreciated masterpieces on DVD because it was a new thing. And you're like, well, that was a mentality for for them. And, I, you know, I know it's a thing that other people have done my as dad. well. My dad definitely does that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I grew up with this movie. I've watched it a lot. It's a very sentimental piece for me. I'm a big Steve Martin fan. I don't know my feelings on Queen Latifah. I've only seen her in a few movies. I don't know her music career, but I've always liked her. She seems like a genuinely nice person. Like she seems like she's willing to have a fun time. Mm. So that's kind of a you bit of get a talk show. Isn't it? Is it a talk show? Yeah, the Latifah show. And um, living it up in Queens, it's called. <laughs> so, um, Bartek, what about you? What's your history with this? Um, this is one that I not sure that I've heard of um, uh-huh. and I did walk into it blind the only, when I say I walk into things blind, the only thing I do is I go to Wikipedia, type in the name just in case there is another movie with the same name, like with Bride Wars yeah. it could have been the Chinese remake version, so I wanted to make sure but no, this one does not have a remake of any sort and obviously on the poster I saw Steve Martin and I got very happy yeah. and Queen Latifah, who I haven't really heard of in recent years very much no, I don't know. But I remember hearing her name a bit more Queen. in the last decade. I think she's been doing voice acting. She's in the Ice Age movies. She was like, yes. nominated for like a Golden Globe recently. What for? For, for Bessie? You know that, oh, that was a, that was that was Wasn't two three Penny? years ago. Oh, that was when Ice Cameron Age Five D- was more recent. Oh well, there you go. That's <laughs> fair enough. So, so you didn't really know this film, but you saw the talent involved and you were on board. Yeah, I'm not as big a Steve Martin fan as you, but every movie that I've seen him in, I've really enjoyed it. it yeah. the, him in them. There's something about Steve Martin yeah. for me. And another... Th- oh, go ahead. Jess? About this movie? Yeah, I, what's your history with this? Alright, so I've got a little bit of confession. So you asked me to watch this film, like make sure I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit drunk last night and I decided to watch it. Um, was it better drunk? I, I may have turned it off and started watching Tifa by the Dozen. 
Why? Which has also got him in it, so it kind We're of not counts. doing Cheaper by the Dozen. We're doing Bring It Down the House. <laughs> I and know. And might I add, might I add, <laughs> I know that we're, no, we're, never, do- and, and we're never doing Cheaper by the Dozen on the show, not what? because it's appreciated, but because it's an incoherent mess of a film. It's his most financially successful film that he's ever done. Whoop-dee-doo. So maybe it's an... Oh, well, if every financially successful film is the greatest film on earth, then oh, I'm lined great. up for I'm Batman v Superman again. I'm widely, really looking forward to that. It's widely appreciated. Yeah. And this film is widely appreciated because it made a lot of money too. Yeah. So anyway, I watched the trailer this morning. Hopefully you wouldn't notice that I watched Cheaper by the Dozen last night. We well, <laughs> did you notice that Lex Luthor is in this movie? There he is. <gasps> oh, God, he's got hair? It's a wig because he, he was shooting oh, Smallville. I oh, I don't like it. Um, this is like his that. second appearance on the show. I, since I recognise the name in the credits, but oh. I did not recognise him. Ah, uh, we missed you, Michael Rosenbaum. We haven't seen you since Sorority Boys. He looks better in a dress, I reckon. I think he looks better in a dress, too. But here's the thing. Jess, you just said that you don't like Steve Martin. I did not say that. A moment ago, I thought you said, I hate him. I said, I like him. Oh, you do like him. Oh. No one hates Steve Martin. No, I don't think anyone He's hates like Steve Martin. Along the same Steve? lines of Tom Hanks, where you can't really... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, 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 no, I, no I, I disagree, because here's the thing. Steve Martin has two, three modes. He plays Silly, which is great. Like, when he does slapstick Silly, like it's a movie what called... I'm most familiar like with. Like, the movie, yeah. like, The Jerk. Yeah. Uh, then he plays Asshole, which is something like Planes, Trains, Planes Automobiles, yep. uh, Little Shop of Horrors... Where not saying he doesn't combine these, and then he plays, um, I guess, uptight, and that's this, like you know, Parenthood, uh, all those kind of films, uh, Cheap by the Dozen. He plays those kind of three, and I can see why people wouldn't like him because when he plays jerks, he's he's like <laughs> not he, the jerk, but jerks. When he plays a jerk, he's up there with like how Bill Murray plays a jerk, where you sincerely believe that they are an asshole. Like I love Bill Murray, but like. You, you know that Bill Murray's an arsehole at the end of the day, like in real life in some form. And when Steve Martin plays an arsehole, I genuinely believe he's an arsehole. So I wouldn't be surprised if people don't like Steve Martin because I've seen him play an arsehole too genuinely. With... He looks like your nice grandfather. But figure. that's... But but also, he... But when you mix him with uptight arsehole, no one likes to see a rich white guy being an arsehole. That's like one of the appeals of planes, trains, and automobiles is he goes through the greatest character <laughs> development ever in a comedy. And John Goodman... I mean, not John Goodman. Candy. Uh, John Candy is just fantastic the whole entire time. Like, he doesn't really change yeah. in a good way. Like, because he was perfect to begin with. Say what you will about this film, but one thing that I really enjoyed is, as you just mentioned, the three modes of Steve Martin... I was probably most familiar with the silly ones, like mm. The Jerk, yeah. um, the Pink Panther films, yep. stuff like that. Um, and definitely, I saw those before I saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And when I saw that, I saw like a new side to Steve Martin. I'm like, wow, is this like the only film where he plays a more serious character? And obviously that was wrong, but yeah, still, since then, I haven't really seen too much of him playing the non-silly kind of roles. So seeing him in this film doing that was a... Bit of a breath of fresh air for me, despite the fact that it was 2003. He probably had a lot under his belt. Yeah, he, he did at that point. But, uh, you know, Steve Martin's just one of those actors, one of those comedic greats where his career has been turbulent. You know, not every movie is bringing down the house. Uh, but he's always solid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Steve Martin's always a solid performer. Like, he's he knows how to play the banjo really well. Uh 
you know, uh, he likes to incorporate that. You know, he's a stand-up comedian. He's a spoken word artist. He's just a genuinely comes across as a genuinely nice guy, even in a film like this, in which look at that face. I mean, you know, he's such a he's such a prick. <laughs> but like, you know, he's a nice guy at the end of the day. Um, he's got a nose you just want to like pinch. Like, and, I, and I think that's what I like about um, the this era, Jess. The early 2000s was a time in which these comedic greats, people like him, the late 90s to, I would say, the mid-2000s, were a great time for these comedic actors of him, Bill Murray, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, pretty much most of the Ghostbusters, uh, were having this weird renaissance of random movies. They went, like, Steve Martin's in this, Cheaper by the Dozen, and then you got Bill Murray, he was moving towards more serious stuff, like Lost in Translation was happening around this time, and... You know, and, and then, you know, Dan Aykroyd was in Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, great film. Great film. And I just love the fact that there is this random resurgence of these classic comedic actors just doing these uh, movies. You know, it doesn't matter how old Steve Martin is because he always looked old. I think that's part of his appeal is he's always he's always been great. Always. Yeah, I noticed that when I watched yeah. Play His Trains and Automobiles. Yeah. Like, this is an older movie. He still just, looks like he does in the 2000s. I'm trying to think of when he looked young. Like uh, when he did his stand-up comedy, The Jerk is probably his youngest he looks because he yeah. has ashy grey hair. But if you look up young Steve Martin, he's always had, like, gr- like he went from grey to white. That's it. Right. Like, there was never, like, oh, blonde Steve Martin. Like, he's dyed yeah. his hair in movies. Mm. He's had it styled differently. But he's always just been white-haired Steve Martin. And it's never, like, hindered him. Like, he's never... he's Like, in this movie, he's old. But he, they never play on the fact that he's too old. Like, he's just, like... Yeah, it's Steve Martin. You just buy on the fact that he's got white hair. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Also, his he's... face isn't really wrinkly or anything. No, like, it looks like a very... Face. I don't know if clean's the right word. But he, like, no, clean's right. Yeah, yeah Clean-shaved. Yeah. What a hero. I feel like it's... Yeah, it's a good face And for... talking about someone who doesn't age, Betty White's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she looks the exact same, same now, except for less blonde. Uh, you yeah. know, she's blonde in this, not white-haired. So. Less, yeah. less golden, I think you mean. Oh! <laughs> get it? Did yeah. you get it? Because she's in Hot yeah. in Cleveland. Um, you know, <laughs> that's the joke. No, it's because she's white. Betty White. Oh, I get it. Because oh. she's in that Snickers ad. Jess. You remember that yes. Snickers ad with Abe Vigoda? Yes. Who's dead now? What? Abe Vigoda's dead now. Not Betty. She's still alive. But Abe <laughs> Vigoda's so dead. Is. 2016 killed Abe Vigoda. <laughs> he killed everyone. everyone was it 2016? Yes. It was a bit earlier than of that. Course. No. Last year, Abe Vigoda passed away. You but at least this film right. has Everything Betty White. Um, Bartek, tell me a bit about your experience of, of watching this movie. So you were saying that you went into this blindish, you know, you yes. saw the stars. So what were you expecting? Uh, you saw the poster, at least. What were you expecting out of this? Well, I mean, the fact that those two were on the poster and I somehow gauged that it might have been a comedy, I thought, you know... <laughs> ma- Sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking about the poster and I'm just like Bartek sitting at home going... Could this be a comedy or could it be a psychological thriller? I don't know. It could be like The Boy Next Door, yeah. a bit of both. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was a light-heartedish poster, but yeah, I, I looked at that. <laughs> I didn't, so I didn't gather like, oh, who it's intended for or anything like that. But I just thought maybe a comedy. Maybe it's gonna be about these two working together on something, or maybe it'll be like a kind of romantic comedy-ish film. Mm. 
You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the kind of thing where you look at it's like, I bet if those two get along in the film, they're probably going to get together in the end. But, but this movie doesn't meet your typical patriarchal <sighs> standards. No. No. Or Mr. Eberts, but we'll get to that later. So, I really just want to comment. In that scene there, Steve Martin's getting ready to get changed, and it takes him a whole night, from day to <laughs> night. <laughs> but, but, four hours Seven hours. <laughs> um, here's the thing I want to mention. Just now, he, he, he stretched oh. out his neck of uh, his jumper that he was trying to put on. Um, why? <laughs> My impression was that he didn't want it to, you know, touch his hair and mess yeah, it up. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought, oh, does Steve Mine's character have a neck problem? Is this going to come back he's into wearing it? makeup. That's what I do. My jumpers. He's a man. But he, that's he's a man. That's why he looks so good. We're just saying he's how a man. good his face looks. But he's, he's a, a, a tax-collecting lawyer, whatever he is. Tax lawyer. Oh, sorry. He's a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> so, Jess, you just revealed that you, you wear makeup. Do you think Steve Martin's wearing makeup? Buster Jess. <laughs> Hashtag this whole This isn't even an episode. We are just getting you to confess. You know, hey, hey. It's an intervention. You know, one time when I lived with Jess, I saw her without her makeup on. And guess what? It was Steve Martin. <laughs> I was really surprised. Last time, Last time we did an episode with oh. Jess was an episode where she didn't appear. Oh. Cold Bride Wars, and Jess was getting her hair done. Oh my god! That and you know why? You know why? Because she's white haired. Because she's Steve Martin. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that that you're lucky. I was on time. It took me so long to get ready this morning. Oh my god! Because you need to get your hair up like Queen Latifah in this scene. You know that movie had the word. You know, oh my movie, god! I kind of do have that movie had the word. Hair. You, actually, you actually do have Queen Latifah's I hair. Just, I woke up. Oh my god! That movie had the word war in it. It's like you dodged the draft. Oh yes. Take you that, missed, Jess. You missed the war. So, Jess. It was... What did you expect to get out of this movie? Because you hadn't really seen it before and you kind of watched it in a daze. But when I... When, when <laughs> you said... Haze, yes. When you said, hey, Ryan, I want to do Bringing Down the House... What were you expecting to get? What did you never expect? Said that. Well, okay, Just sure. No matter how many times you're going to okay. say this, does not make it true. Uh, yeah, it makes it 100 percent true because it's do the this truth all the time. <laughs> I learned this from reading it together. When you said you didn't, okay, okay, judge, judge. When you said I did want to watch the <laughs> film, <laughs> <laughs> when you said that. Oh, what we, were we, you expecting? you expect- and say my exact response. <laughs> when you because- said, when you said, I did want to watch the film. Um, what did you expect to get out of this film? I absolutely. I thought I'd have to watch it. Yeah, I did too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would too. I had zero expectations besides. No, that. but 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 what what were you thinking was going to be happening? When I, you know, you know what I mean. Like with every single movie or play or something you see, you have you have a basic idea of what you think is going to happen. Did you see the poster before you watched the movie? I did, and Queen Latifah was very sassy, so I thought she was going to be very sassy the whole way through. And, and was then, she? Yeah, there's something. And then. Steve Martin was going to be straight Steve Martin, and then I'm like gay Steve Martin. You know, I hate when Steve no, Martin's like gay in movies. <laughs> just talking about that. Straight laced, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. That. I call it straight man as well. I hate straight when he has man. his queer lace. You know, <laughs> so you expected to have a great time. Is what you're telling me? Yes, absolutely. And you did. So uh, yeah, Bartek. You're single. Help, but yes. I'm cynical. Single. Yes. 
Have you used online chat rooms of a legal website to pick up a date? Uh, not to pick up a date, but I have used online chat rooms of legal nature. What for? To ask, hey, what's to- up? You know, you want to talk law? And did you talk <laughs> law hard? Yeah. Did you talk it dirty? Yeah. He talked dirty law. Yeah. <laughs> if the cops are listening, you just heard him admit to that, so you can get about it. I talked to it with cops. Oh, now there's corruption involved. Great. <laughs> Jess, what about you? You're, you're single, yeah? Yeah. Um, we know each other very well, yes. I Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only friend Jess has is a bottle of wine. So <laughs> of I don't s- need no one else. Ryan, why the hell do we have a single person on this show? Seriously. So, <laughs> Jess, have you used any online dating services? I did. You in did? In high school, when I was very... No, when Wait, I was... in high school? You used online dating services? It was like those online Are you allowed rooms? to use them? No, it was me and a couple of like, girlfriends... You? from school we would like were you baiting kind of, pedophiles like, yeah, yeah you pretty did? much we just whoa to whoa i'm just i'm gonna take <laughs> the mic just... with me i'm just destroying this i'm <laughs> lost do. i'm lost is that just... true or what yeah of yeah. course it's true look at it up. was those random you know how you like just we used to like just type in chat rooms yeah and yeah get yeah dirty old men to say stuff to us and we'd see how weird it could get we we're like 14 year old girls had no idea Wow, when I was 14, I was watching Bringing Down the House, and I thought I was out of touch. It did get a little bit weird. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, go on. When did it get weird, Jess? Well, besides the fact that we were like 14 and these guys were like 26 or probably older. (laughs) Jess, let me (laughs) just guarantee, Jess, let me guarantee (laughs) you, let me guarantee you, they were much older than 26. We were such bad lives. She's still got this childlike innocence. Like, you know, we were 14 and they must have been at least, at least 12 years older than us. Not 60 year old men with hard arms. I don't want to think about that. They must have been at least 22, at least 26 max. Okay, then we'll if they were thirty, they were thirty. That if they were thirty, that's gross. They must have been sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird because they were younger than us. <laughs> I mean, to get them uh, send us photos of themselves. Why? Wait, whoa! I didn't know your photos. Wow. No, no, we wouldn't send photos. We'd, we'd, oh. we'd like Google stuff and just like send them fake photos. Oh, I heard that they sent you photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, wrong. they sent us photos. But maybe oh. did you ever think that they sent you Google photos? To you? No, they're, they're and, really wait, bad. wait, like, wait. Like, she's going to Google photo and she better photos than that. Wait a moment. I know what happened. Was Jess is online chatting. Yeah. To older men for Allegedly. reasons. No, no. She said she And then, guess what? She uses Google. Her and her friend uses Google images of girls or whatever to send off. And then, spoiler alert... The man on the other end isn't a man, but two other 14-year-old <laughs> girls. <laughs> and they're like, shit, this person's creepy. Well, when you were chatting to these people, were you, were you talking that about... feel so much better than what the truth probably Wait, was. when you were chatting... It's like the best outcome possible. When you were chatting, were you talking about legal stuff? Yeah, were you talking about law? Like, you're breaking it? Because if so, <laughs> if it's so, it might have been me. Oh, that explains the hairy dick that she got sent as a photo. I mean, typical. No, that, was, no, that photo was evidence from a court case. Exactly, it was still legal. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> trying to seduce anyone. I was just, you know, showing. Evidence. I mean, in the court case, you was you were being charged for seducing young people, <laughs> but like in that context, you were looking for legal Oops. advice from Jess and her fourteen-year-old self and her fourteen-year-old friend. They called themselves lawyer girls. Hey, fun fact: yeah. Are you still friends with this girl? 
that you yes, did this with? I am. Hey, That's you should have fact. them on the show, and we'll do a new show called oh, God, Hooking no. Up with Pedophiles. <laughs> oh, no. Alleged Pedophiles. Oh, sorry. Hooking Up with Alleged Predators. And um, it will you start... Just do that yourself. You don't need... No, no, we need you, because you're an expert. You know how to do <laughs> this. You've had, you've had what, like... Eight years experience? Okay, I have not continually been doing this for the past eight years, okay? Uh, like, uh, okay, nine. <laughs> it was, Sorry. It was like a couple of, I don't know, weeks, months, I don't know. Years. You're just yeah. expanding it. Okay, I did it after, I did it until I graduated. I did it until I got my degree. I did it until I, I did got a job. I finally realised this is weird. We probably shouldn't be doing this. Oh, you realised? That doesn't sound like you, Jess. I think that it was your friend realized it was weird, and you were no, like, "Sister, it it's as... what Jesus would have wanted us to do." No, and then it was they were Christian like, "Christian guilt that was coming through." That maybe this please, is you're a... not Catholic. You don't get. You're not allowed <laughs> to have guilt. <laughs> <laughs> so bringing down the house does not involve pedophilia. Uh, it does involve a massive age difference between our two leading stars, and I think that's a part of why, at the end of the day, they. Spoiler alert, this movie takes a wise step and makes you think, oh, they're going to get together in the end, like Bartek thought, and they don't. No. They don't get together Instead, in the end. Instead, she they're gets just... together with someone her own age. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but Eugene Levy looks, like, not as old. You know what I mean? He just looks, like, in his mid-40s. She's in her late 30s. Someone else who really hasn't aged. Eugene Levy's eyebrows haven't aged. No, they just look exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, because he's great. Um, no, this is a movie that takes the bold step of, hey, you know, where you have this mismatched couple, and they're not going to get in together in the end. They're just going to be friends. And, hey, you know who's the real love going to be between? This uh, really pervy white guy. Really pervy, really Jewish white guy, Eugene Levy. Who gets called Freak Boy. <laughs> who gets called Freak as well, and Freaky. And he's going to speak racist slang at her, and that's going to woo her. <laughs> you know, and then that's that's and then there's a mystery about what really happened with her yeah case and and it's a big surprise and uh, and then that's the movie yeah this movie is simple I think that's the thing that you can take away but it's simple but it doesn't do a b and c it takes c out of the equation and replaces it with d and that d is <laughs> Eugene Levy Eugene Levy <laughs> is d yeah. Eugene Levy, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but he's one of those actors that just, you know, encapsulates a certain era that doesn't exist anymore. Like, he feels like he he's from a, a different time. Like, older... Like, he feels like he, Eugene Levy would have been, like, a, a an accountant during the Depression era. I just don't know. He has what? this real... He has this real comedic style to him, like, not the 1950s dad, but I imagine, like, a 1930s dad, like, you know, like, oh, but, like, dirty, you know, that's the whole thing, it's like, he takes, the thing about Eugene Levy that works is, he has this certain look about him, this dweebish, kind of mild-mannered, but creepy as well, because of those big eyebrows, right, and that voice, and he blends the two together. It's like if you had Mr. Brady mixed with one of the pedophiles talking to Jess, you know? it's and He blends them together in a comedic gif. Like, we've seen him in a movie, the movie he did before this, Like Mike. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, we've covered Like Mike on the show for a little bit, and he plays this interesting character that only Eugene Levy can perform. I can't think of anyone else who can even come close. No one else can play the dad in American Pie. No one else could play Howie. 
It feels like he's time-travelled, but he's cool with it. Yeah. yeah. It feels like he's like, yeah, I know we live in a politically correct society, but that doesn't matter to Eugene Levy. <laughs> you know? Eugene Levy, I've said on the show before, looks like his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looks exactly like his name. So yeah, like nothing else, really. So, Jess, you'd watch this drunk. I know drunk Jess would have recognised that the son is the half man in Two and a Half Men. Yes. 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 That's what he says. Yeah. Yes. Oh the kid God. who hates Two and a Half Men more than anyone else <laughs> <laughs> for religious yeah. reasons. Yeah. 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 For religious reasons. Not, Christian. Not because the show ended. Uh, no, he hated that while it was still going. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. have too. Uh, Didn't he become like a guest? appearance in the end uh, didn't, didn't they all become yeah. guests in the end <laughs> I, don't know, no, I think John Cryer really stuck there. around the whole time didn't wouldn't it? it be great if at the end of Two and a Half Men it became that 70s show because Kel- uh, uh, Kelso was in it yeah I'd like how I called Kelso, Kelso. Was, yeah he was a guest yeah. in the last season no wasn't he like the permanent fixture yeah, the for man. Charlie Sheen like he yeah. took over Charlie Sheen oh right yes that's and right and then wouldn't it be great if like everyone left at the end except for John Cryer left and he was replaced with Eric Foreman you know there were characters that just left that 70s show yeah, and then yeah. they came back later and it was really weird wouldn't it be great if when they left they were left to two and a half men <laughs> universe like the timelines don't match up but wouldn't it be great if it's just like literally so for Grace, it's like and, and Kelsa, they're in the 70s outfits and they're just like in modern day still for some reason. So I would watch that. So Bartek. Okay, Jess. Uh, <laughs> why, Ryan? Why? Jess, do you have any jive talking black friends? No, Ryan, in this movie, it's not called jive, it's called Negro. Oh, sorry. Do you have any jive talking Negro friends? No, no, no. The language is called Not Negro. any friends who let me, like, talk like that. Talk like what? Just describe them as jive talking. But this movie friends. says this, so it must be okay. That is absolutely not a good reason to say What do you mean? Thing. Hollywood's enforcing a standard, and I have to apply by that because I like Hollywood and I like movies. And movies always are truthful. Are okay. they not, Jess? Absolutely not. Okay, you know what? You're going to get punched one day, and I'm going to do. What? Who's going to punch me? Queen Latifah? I'd love it if Queen Latifah punched me. Hey, when I was watching this movie, I couldn't stop but staring at... staring. a slap person, though. Do you punch a person or a slap person? Don't you even know? She punches so many people in this one comedy movie. Yeah. No, but Queen Latifah herself. Uh... She's playing Queen Latifah. I mean, like, did you not watch this movie? I mean, geez, this is like a hyper version of herself. Oh, okay. You know what she does? She I murders people. One. She murders people. Sometimes on this show, we talk about movies being brave and trying new things. And I think this scene right here... Was brave. Is brave. I've never seen a bootylicious shirt that looks so good. That that tr- that too, right? But I'm talking about the dog's comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a misunderstanding because, you know, he was trying to... Re- he was repeating what she said and playing with the metaphor. In most movies, when you see a misunderstanding... I love his face here, sorry. <laughs> typically, when it happens... Like, you, you you understand why it's happened. But here, it, it kind of felt like, out of nowhere, like, oh, is, is Steve Martin racist? But then he, like, stutters and explains. Yeah, that's the typical Steve Martin portrayal. It's a, it's a very brave thing, because normally uh, a good film, or, or something that people would call a good film, is one that conveys 
really well what is going on. But here, this this film not only, you know, tries to convey every now and then, but it also tries to leave you in the dark about some things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually very good. When you were starting that, when you said this movie's brave, mm. I couldn't stop but notice something. Yeah. I think Jess will agree with me. I, I'm still looking at her hair. I really. Uh, I think Jess is going to agree with me. I think the fashion in this uh, movie is very brave, very brave. Uh, you know, they're, they're saying they're saying, "Hey, it's the early 2000s, and we're Ooh. stylish." You know, Queen Latifah is wearing a very bootylicious outfit, and look at those pockets. They're they're studded onto her. I mean, it's Rhinestones, just great. Rhinestones, right? Oh, Rhinestones, just... cowboy, and. <laughs> And Jess is a woman of fashion. You know, <laughs> Jess is sitting here right now wearing a complete three-piece denim outfit. Yes. And it's With got... triple denim. Don't it's, the and it's bejeweled. Mm-hmm. And on the back, cross-stitched into it with a nice fluoro pink yarn mm-hmm. is the words Bad Cher, because she's a Cher fan. Yes. But Cher spelled yes. as in... <laughs> S H A R E, and that's like the play on the words. Mm-hmm. It's brave like to have share. a purpose typo. Like, oh, that was a bad share of sh- <laughs> of share the musician. <laughs> and you know, just, just you're a woman of fashion. Everything that Ryan says about me is absolutely false. In this Except for you're an alcoholic who didn't watch this movie, I'm not an and that you but had I a guess, hair appointment. You have to admit if you're an alcoholic to be an alcoholic. No, you don't. Uh, so you're a drunk? Just so she's a drunkie. <laughs> and then, um, so Jess, you're a woman of fashion. You're a woman of fashion. Do you miss the fashion styles of any previous decade uh, or generation? Oh my god, that's right. Generation? You just said that as soon as she walked in with this. I, that's why I said it. denim corset. <laughs> that's why I said Sweet it. Sweet Jesus. And don't forget the fedora. Oh my eyes, <laughs> Excuse I can't me. Look. Excuse I can't me. Look. She's wearing a fedora. She Ugh. made that popular before it was popular now. Oh. Thanks, Queen Latifah. Guys, give her a break. She looks like a very good Mario. She's got mm. the confidence, though. Look how she's like... No, you... Oh, you're going to see her confidence exude on the screen in just a second. Pretty much every time she's at this golfing place, she gets, you know, a bit of confidence. I mean, I agree with Eugene Levy's reaction. Look oh, at this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, For Queen sure. Queen Latifah's... Coco goddess. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jess, you're a woman of fashion. Do you miss the fashion styles uh, of your youth of the two early 2000s? No. Absolutely. No? You're not one of these people who yearns for the days of... What do you mean, these people? <laughs> it's a very racist movie, Ryan. We have to be careful. I know. I don't want to come across as, you know, against the nice people like, oh. of Touchstone. Is this the one era where I just can't believe people actually looked at it and were like, yes. I'm like that with the I'm 90s. Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm like that with the 90s. The 90s have sort of come back at this stage. Yeah, and I hate subtly, it. But I hate it. It's so... Look at that! Yeah, what? Steve's tie's good. She's just, <laughs> just shredded her sleeves for some reason. And the, They're not shredded. They're on purposely they're frayed. frayed. It's like, you know... It's not frayed. You know, it's how people, you know how people wear torn jeans that are designed that way? She's wearing that, but with a shirt. No. It looks Shakespeare. Yeah, the dog's fashion star's on point. Uh, the dog's brilliant. He's yeah. the best character in this whole film. Uh, no, clearly you don't know who my favourite character is. Of course, me Eugene Levy, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of so hard not love. to say Eugene Levy, but it's not, actually. Uh, it's a surprise. It's of, a fedora, isn't it? Yeah. 
Fuck yeah. yeah. It's your <laughs> alcoholism, I'm afraid. Jess. <laughs> you wouldn't let me drink for this. I wouldn't. Jess oh. is like, can I please drink for this? And I'm like, no, you need to be sober to see Missy Parr really get the shit kicked out of it. I was shit drunk, and now I just totally forgotten it. You should have wrote them me. down, like a professional alcoholic. I can't write, Ryan. I grew up in the country town. I don't know how to spell. I have a degree in writing. Thank you. (laughs) And how are you using that degree, Jess? I am actually using that degree now. To wipe my bottom. Now, Bartok. (laughs) Bartok. Yes, Ryan? We were talking about characters just now. This movie has a plethora of characters. So many characters are involved. And what I like about this film, and I, I hope you agree with me, is every character feels important. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had movies with lots of characters and they're fun, like, say, uh, Monkey Bone or Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, but not all the characters contributed to the story. They contributed to the fun. This film, for me, every single character is an important cog in the machine that is this film. Would you Would you agree? I think so, too. They might not all be the same sized cogs, but they are. they are all important. Like, I think... If I had to pick one that I would want to see more of, I think maybe the ex-wife. Yeah, Jean Smart. Yeah. Because while you're watching the film and you're still under the impression, or uh, you might be under the impression that since the leads are Queen Latifah and uh, Steve Martin and their obviously their relationship is um, the focus of the film, you probably are expecting them to get together. But while watching this film, and you know that was my expectation, I was always wondering. What's with the ex-wife? Why why is she here in this film? There's a point where she becomes, uh, I guess, jealous of this relationship. Yeah, very very and, envious, and racist. Yeah, and it's wondering like we don't we're not. She's not characterized to be hated. She's obviously upset. What's her resolution gonna be if not getting back together with Steve Martin? Mm mm mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it could be. They could have just killed no, her off. No, 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 no. Sense. I would have really liked this uh, idea. I think they went well with pairing them back together. Mm-hmm. But I really would have liked to have seen a movie in which it's about... You know, this is one of the appeals of this movie, for me, is the underlying racism of this society that he's a part of, this upper-class echelon of white people. He's a lawyer... His law for like the 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 panic that they have about like right here covering up Queen Latifah, it's it's very subtle. And what I liked about it was this: when he's at the club with Queen Latifah, his wife, his ex-wife, reacts not necessarily jealous. I took it as more like shocked with shocked in a racist way because she was she even goes on to say some racist things, and you're like. Whoa, I didn't expect that from his ex-wife, who seems like the most sane person in the movie, like the realest person, the nicest. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you this idea that, no, even the nicest people in this echelon in this story are racists in some way. And what I really would have liked to see was them play around... They did play around with the racial issues of Steve Martin being with her, with Missy Pyle and even his ex-wife, turning their noses up and all that. But I really would have liked to have seen the interplay of her with this much younger man. And, like, their relationships, Steve Martin's being in a relationship with Queen Latifah, friendly or not, and her being in a relationship with this guy who's much younger, their relationships mirroring each other in terms of the discriminations that they would face, I think that would have been a really interesting turn. Yeah, this movie, because like I said, I walked in not knowing too much about it. So every time a new character would say a racist thing or something racist happens that I wasn't expecting, I'm like, oh, is, is, 
I guess this film's like one of its big themes is going to be racism and like kind of really open racism yeah. too, not like subtle. Yeah, because they're upper echelon, so they're wasps. Uh, Jess, you're Missy Pyle in this movie. Uh, I just had to say it. Straight <laughs> off the I love Missy Pyle in every movie. I love Missy Pyle. I think she's oh. a great actress. She's fantastic. She's in my one of my top five comedy films. <gasps> the Parent of Trap. All... No. Galaxy Quest. No, Parent Trap. Have you not watched Galaxy Quest? I think you forced me to watch it. No. No. Galaxy Quest is the greatest Star Trek movie that was never made in the Star Trek film (laughs) series, where Tim Allen is basically William Shatner, and she's in it as an alien with um, the guy from Just Shoot Me, uh, the photographer guy, Elliot from Just Shoot Me. Him and her are aliens, Missy Pyle is just one of those actresses that has the right amount of weirdness to her. Like, she's a weird performer, but she's a she's a weird-looking woman. But it's in this certain vein, the certain style that she's also very kind... She's very attractive, I think, in her, in her own she style. She like a Disney villain, almost. She reminds me... Like yeah! Wouldn't it be great if she played a live-action Disney villain? Like, like Cruella de Vil or no, no! Glenn Close already did that. Gee, Emma Stone's gonna do it. No, I don't want that. No, I would really like if I had to cast Missy Pyle. <laughs> if I had to cast Missy, if I had to cast Missy Pyle as a live-action portrayal of an already existing Disney villain, I would cast her as the evil stepmother figure in um, Tangled. Anything. Oh, oh. yeah. I haven't seen it. You're fucked then. No, she could play the horse. It's <laughs> Erica Jessica Parker could play the horse. Oh, you asshole! <laughs> and there's no that makeup. She's just crawling around everywhere. You asshole. <laughs> okay, we get it. You love Sex and City 2. We get it. It's not that bad. <laughs> but you didn't watch this movie in its completion, but you watched was that one. Was Sarah Parker the female lead in Failure to Launch? I don't know. Yes. She was the funny. female, one of the hot, she was the hot witch in Hocus Pocus. Mm, the only role that I find Sarah, jo- Sarah Jessica Parker attractive. Yeah. What? I don't find her attractive. Never have. But in that movie, she's fucking hot. <laughs> Didn't we do a movie on this it's show? Like she can probably kill you? Is that a turn on? No, it's because she has breasts in that movie. Oh, okay. Very prominent yeah, I breasts. Didn't, I didn't notice that. Okay. Have Did... you never watched Hocus Pocus? Yes, I've seen Clearly, you haven't watched Didn't it. Didn't we do a movie on this show where Sarah Jessica Parker like, had to make a deal with an actress playing alongside Matthew Broderick not to like make out or something? Yes. And that movie was... Um, uh, was it Stepford Wives? Stepford Wives. Yeah. Now, in this film, Bringing Down the House, I mentioned there's a, there's a lot of characters happening in this film. Characters happening? Yeah, they're happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see, yep. There's no essential antagonist in this movie. Not until, like, the very but, end. But, but they're, they're not really a central antagonist. They're, yeah, they're only not in s- it. Central's the wrong word, but yeah. eventually there's a portion of the movie I, that has I find it relieving that a movie like this, you know, has no real antagonist. It's like everyone's just an asshole on a level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't you get bogged down when you have a comedy movie, like a Will Ferrell movie or, or something, and they just shove in an, an antagonist? Like... For me, a great comedy relies on not the set, like not the typical three act structure, to, you know, of a normal film where you have to have a, a, a protagonist and a and an antagonist. It's like in the film, in many Steve Martin movies, there are no real antagonists except for his 
himself. He himself is the problem. Like, in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, he's the antagonist, but he's also our protagonist. Yeah. At the same time. Our sole protagonist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I liked about this movie. It's throwing it back old school. I do miss this style of comedy. I said this a lot on the show. Don't you, Jess, miss this style of comedy in which someone actually wrote a script, there's a story, they actually set up gags and then pay them off at the end instead of this improvised style all the time like when you see the newest Will Ferrell movie you know that the only thing they wrote was Will Ferrell was a football player and then just like went with it <laughs> just like turn the cameras on for and then turn the else. cameras on or it's like Zach Galifianakis is running for president you know and then they just mm-hmm. roll the cameras uh, do, do you miss the style or are you appreciating the style of comedy that we have at the moment uh, it can be done well yeah, yeah I love Anchorman <laughs> yeah, what about the sequel though? I like the sequel, like except for the pit where he went blind. That bit went for forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I haven't seen the sequel, but as long as there's good editing, good editing, huh? Yeah. When they know how to cut down the yeah. stuff, kind of thing. Yeah, if the, if the joke goes on for about half the movie, and then you you are right, Ryan, about the whole not having an antagonist thing because it, it reminded me of when we watched Nine Lives uh, and there was an antagonist. He was great though, and he was a great one. But then one of the cats. Yeah, where Kevin Spacey turns oh, into a cat. Yeah, the antagonist was the person who wanted to take over the company All in the movie about yeah. cats. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I could see this film like being rewritten to make Michael Rosenbaum or possibly someone else. I would. I was gonna yeah. say her. When you see that, wig, um, you're like, or, or Queen Latifah. Easy. No, 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 Queen Latifah. I thought, um, what's her name? The um, the Dis- woman. Disney villain. No, this about? woman right here. Oh, the old yeah, the the, the, the heiress. The heiress, because she is kind of an antagonistic figure, because everything he does relies on her approval. Yeah, it's like it's like an antagonist. And she's a racist. An antagonist, but also kind of like a goal. Yeah, yeah. She's a, a goal that's like being guarded by an antagonistic figure. It's kind of like, you know, in the Oedipus story, how he had to like get the riddles done before he could enter the city and all that. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, the... or like that other Greek play, Ratatouille, where you have to get the, <laughs> the, the food critic... He was yeah. like kind of antagonist, but then you, you like win him over. Can I end. bring up something? I really, when I watch this movie, the one thing I really do remember is this outfit that Missy Pyle is she wearing. She looks good. She is really hot in this outfit. Like, when they say, oh, she does, what was it, the Tybo or whatever, the exercise stuff, I'm like, I fucking believe it. She looks yeah. fucking great. And, well, I remember, like, obviously the fight scene, but I just remembered, like, that's the thing. This movie, even the little things, I remember certain pieces of music, I remember certain lines, but you know it's a really good movie when you, you can just flash back to from a costume alone, and I think that's the, the joy of this. You know, Queen Latifah wears some amazing outfits, but none of them are as good as Missy Pyle's swimming outfit in this particular scene. She's not wearing much clothes. I don't know, man. Bootylicious was pretty close. Was that? Because she's wearing, not wearing much no, clothes. No, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's... The, the actual colour and the style of it, and I like the... Um, it's very dark. <laughs> the... Yeah, what do you call it? The... Uh, the boobs the, coming the out. Cleavage? No, the jackety the thing. Cut? Oh, like the kind of... Um, Blouse... What is it? The... Bathrobe? Bathrobe? <laughs> the robe. Yeah, the I robe. like the robe combination. Her boobs, the uh, they're not that impressive, but I think it's what I like about it is... is, is you already yes. know... You know her character from looking at it. Yeah. It's I, such yeah. a character and outfit. And she's also typecast a lot in that. As what? As like, 
this is a doctor. Jeez, and she did that in heels. Yeah, and now she's doing it. In, she did it in one heel <laughs> because she took off one heel and got smacked in the face with it by Queen Latifah, and then she was fighting for a while in one heel. <laughs> Jess, have you ever had a been in a physical fight? Um, I tend to run away from fights. Yeah, but have you ever been in a physical fight? Like. Like, not in the streets like this. Like I've... No, I'm just saying any. Oh, like, I've got sister. So you physically fought her? Yeah. Okay, which one are you in fighting style? Oh, Missy style. or Queen? Missy. Really? Yes. Really? I slap, man. Wow, I really thought you'd be Queen Latifah. No. I'm when weak. I look at Jess, I'm I think... Wait, you're just taking queen. my body size and thinking I'm hella strong. That's no, I, I, I just think of you when you're drunk, and I'm like, yeah, Queen Latifah. <laughs> I like there was no reply kicks. to that. Well, yeah. I suppose the difference here would be that one of them is like kind of trained in fights, whereas the other one is more like streets and also been in prison. Yeah, so yeah and Jess the... has been in prison for drinking. I have. I just got out. She just got out. She's got Last a tattoo yeah, on her chest. I'm. I'm. Su- yeah. My arm actually. Yeah. She oh, mentioned. Yeah. She mentioned the. She What? You know Queen Latifah has a tattoo on her chest? Yeah, so do I. What is it? Roses. Roses? No, I'm just fucking with you, I don't. She smells of roses, everyone. There was that line in the film that apparently she has a tattoo on her left breast or something. Yes, in the film. And you see it throughout the you see it throughout the whole entire film. I never paid attention. Well, clearly that is why this film is not for everyone. How is she hanging up like that? Uh she's hung her up like she's given the idea is her swimming outfit's done like a wedgie style. So she's put the hook through the 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 I guess where the pants leg would start or whatever where it ends. She's just, like, hooked it underneath the the outfit. Like, I don't know why this is a struggle for you, Jess. I still don't think that's... You're not wearing her outfit, so... You're it wouldn't wearing go it... up that far. It would, because it it's, it's a spandexy kind of thing. That's very fake, to say. Jess, stopping the if Trump the in this group for giving us fake news. Alternative <laughs> facts. So... So I just I just wanted to say that like when when Missy had that line of how she you know does whatever that Tybo Tybo however many times a week I thought that um, Queen Latifah would have said something along the lines of bitch oh, well I was in prison twenty four seven but then she went hood instead <laughs> I really yeah no wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if she's like bitch I do Tybo five days a week and then she goes. Oh, okay. And then just leaves. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is no fight. Yeah, I got. I can't compete with that. Well, yeah, I got. Look I'm at out. Queen Latifah just points to herself and goes. I mean, look at me. I can't compete with that. And just leaves. <laughs> now, there's something about Queen Latifah that I think she's got a hidden charm about her. I think for me, it's she's got such an expressive face. She's got, like, this big Cheshire cat grin going on that just endears you to Queen Latifah. Mm. I hear a lot of the complaints be that this film film has is that she's an annoying character. I didn't really find her annoying. I found the situations around her to be annoying, like the racism. Like, I just go, hey, like, get over it. Like, I actually said to to my girlfriend when watching this, I went, wow, I've kind of forgot how... 
different of a time it was in the early 2000s in terms of racial inequality. Like, I still know that we have it today, but, you know, there's that thing of you feel like everything's a bit more progressive now. But then, you know, the early 2000s wasn't that long ago, and it's just like so much supreme racism is happening in this film, then that reflects the times as well. And I'm just, like, a little bit taken aback by it, even now, being like, wow. Especially since the last movie we did on the show, Bubble Boy, was a lot more tongue-in-cheek and exaggerated. And it was set in the 80s. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> I don't know. It had Reagan involved. <laughs> <laughs> it was set in the 80s at one point, yeah. But but uh, in that one, whenever something vaguely racist happened, you kind of, like, forget because, like, oh, yeah, it's being silly. It's, but this it's... is making a point. But, yeah, but this one is more making a point. It has, like we said at the beginning of this episode, er- films always have a message. Yeah, it's always weird, you know. Uh, you know, I think it's very bold for a comedy to take the stance of racial uh, inequalities in the modern day as well. Because a lot of the movies that I see that take up the whole uh, the problem with racism stance are usually period piece movies set in, like, the, like the South in the 60s. You know, like, the film, was it Loving? Yeah, with, like, like uh, before Martin Luther story. Are they, like, speech. intentionally doing that, or are they just playing on that for jokes, though? No, I think this is an intentional... In this film? In this yeah, film? I think it's an intentional thing. I think, you know, when you say, Jess, if you pitched me a movie that's this, a girl from the hood, just out of prison, played by Queen Latifah, goes to Steve Martin's house, you can't make that movie without having uh, the racial stuff in there at all. Or else it would be like, well, okay, like, these two are from a completely different sphere. I mean, you could play on the classism, but the classism of... African, like, ghetto African-Americans and upper-class white people still brings the racial tones in there no matter what you do. Like, the, Unless the... he was played by a rich black guy instead of, mm. like, Steve Munn. Could you imagine this movie where it's, like, Queen Latifah goes to Ice Cube's house. Percy Jones's house. <laughs> if they were trying to do that, wouldn't they have ended up together in the end? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because he doesn't love her. This is, like, the perfect setup, though. It no, but... Like... That's what I like about this, because the real setup is his friend Eugene Levy. See? Tattoo on the breast, uh, in case you want to know about it. I see it, yes. Uh, Eugene Levy's the one who genuinely loves her. He genuinely lusts after. He genuinely looks out for her. Steve Martin, like, it w- I think it's just great that they're colleagues, because I think that's kind of how they met in this movie, as, like, he was thinking that they were going to be more than that, but it was more that they got on with each other on a professional level I, than um, a personal level. I just don't level. care about his life at this stage. Like, I'm oh yeah, really and that's fine. But that's but that's why she, that's why she's not into play as much. But at the same time, you got to cheer for her and Eugene Levy at the end when they're together and she's um, corn rolled his hair, and he's like, "Hey, boo!" And she's like, "You are some kind of freak." Mm-hmm. You're like. This is the weirdest pairing, but I approve of it. Mm. You know, I, I it's it plays these racial issues seriously, but also makes you know jokes out of them. In a yeah, way. I don't think they're doing it quite so seriously as you think they're doing. But look, there are there are points in this movie I think where Queen yes, Latifah's yes. reactions. <laughs> Did I say something no, wrong? No, sorry. I said, did you not watch the film? And the answer is yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh god. I if you were. Well, the, yeah, the point I was right trying now. to make is there are points where someone says something racist to Queen Latifah in this film and she's, like, genuinely offended. Yeah. And there's also a scene later on that I really like. It's when they're in Steve Martin's office and he 
you gives her shit about how you know you, you I've talked to you on the online chat room. You can talk like a I don't remember what term you use, but basically like white people, like you know. Yeah, and then she does English. her white woman voice. Yeah, and then I she think pr- we pass that scene. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, you're right. But yeah, she 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 speaks like quote unquote like them, and she says like, yeah, I can do this, but I don't have to because this is but, me. This yeah, is who this I am. is who I am. This film's really playing with the idea of individual. You know, who's the individual? Like. Yeah, it may not be uh, suitable for Steve Martin to have this, you know, very loud uh, black woman in his house. But at the same time, she's staying true to who she is. The problem is Steve Martin is not staying true to who he is. That's why he's lost his family, his wife. He's consumed in work and he's lost mm. his identity. Oh, yeah, and there are times where he bribes people to, like, pretend that yeah, he's exactly. told them off. Yeah. He he's a spineless individual, and that's why it's an uplifting movie, Jess. In which, at the end of it, Steve Martin gets his groove, and he should have stayed with a woman who helped him find that groove. No, because that's not what she wanted. The way something interesting that happened. This is going to be me relating it back to a film we did almost a year ago. Um, typically when I watch movies for this show, uh, I like to go to TV tropes and read about stuff there, and it has its own trivia page, its own page about, like, people's opinions and stuff, and one of the tropes that it hit upon in regards to Queen Latifah is, it's called Magic Negro. Uh, the Stephen King invented that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the character who... I'm not joking. (laughs) He really did. It's it's the character who, uh, appears in, and... Not the main character. She they appear in the film and they kind of help fix the problems that the main character. Yeah, and they usually have some kind of mystic wisdom yeah. of some sort. And or the like film black. You know what we're talking about, yeah, Jesse. Yeah? Yeah, no, no, Stephen no. King really did pioneer this as a thing. I had no idea it was him who started it, but no, yeah. he re- I like didn't know at that least either. he may not have started, but he really cemented it into it's the forefront. Awesome. Think of The Shining. Yeah, but but the film. Think The no, Shining. No, yeah. Oh, you got The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, also in Million Dollar Baby, Morgan Freeman played that role. Yeah, Morgan Freeman plays it in every movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bruce Almighty, he but, literally plays but, it. But, but this is what I want to tie it to. Last year in May, May 2016, we did a film called uh, The Wedding Date. Your classic And in that, classic mo- film. in that movie, I said that the male lead, I thought that he was meant to be a magic gigolo type character who came yeah. in to fix the main character's problems. But in that film, <laughs> yeah. he got together with her in the end, whereas in this film, it's the opposite. Yeah. I don't know, Jess. I think you've got valid reasons to want them to get the get to get together, but don't you at least appreciate on some level that they do subvert that typical Hollywood standard? No, but having, like, this black woman with this older white dude, that's subverting it, rather than going back to his that's, boring Bond wife. That's subvert- subverting societal expectations. But at the same time, true. is it really is it really woman. a big surprise that this uptight white guy gets it on with, like, this free-flowing black woman? I mean, it's not well, really a surprise. When do you ever see couples like this in a romantic comedy? Um... Uh, pretty much every Queen Latifah uh, movie. Uh, no, no. Ice Age 2. Ice Age 2. Oh Ray Romano. God, not a cartoon. Ray Romano. Not a cartoon. Ray, oh, oh, so cartoons are different now. Ray Romano is an old white Ice guy. Ice Age is not a romantic comedy, I swear to God. It has true. romance. It has it romance and comedy. <laughs> it has romance and comedy. 
It's a children's <laughs> animation. It's a completely different. Oh well, there you go, Bartek. Did you hear that? Kids aren't allowed to have comedy or romance. We'll just remove can, that from them. But it can't be classed as a romantic. Look, yes, I've... it can. Hold on, Ryan. Yes, I've... it can. Ryan. No, it can... We've grown up with the Pokemon show. There's no romance there. No. Misty only wanted back her bike. That's yes. the only reason she stayed. And then, do you remember this? When Misty left Pokemon, it's because she got a new bike. And she just got on it and rode off. She's like, finally, gets on her bike. And literally gets on her bike. For how long? For 10 years. Like, at that point, Brock had already come and go a few times, but Misty yeah, was still the there. No, Jess, I guess, I guess you got a point there, you know. I, you know, you don't get this typical cover. But then I also go, well, we did a film with Ashton Kutcher paired with Zoe Saldana. That movie was great. She looks like a supermodel. Guess though. who? <laughs> mm, yeah. Great film. Zoe Saldana has a very sexy back, we learned in that movie. She wears lots of backless dresses, oh. and I never well, realized that. Is just... yeah. She doesn't really have a bad angle. So oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen all of her films. So, Ryan, so... Did, you, did you read? Have you seen all of her films? Yeah, I love Zoe Salad. So, <laughs> Ryan, did you read the Ebert review I sent you? I did not because I really wanted you to moisten me up with it. Okay, so Ebert is kind of more on Jess's side in yeah. this issue we were just talking about. He his whole review he gave it two out of four, pretty high. Yeah, and even though that's only like fifty percent, he didn't. I think he gave Zoolander a zero stars because it was insensitive about nine eleven. This movie came out after nine eleven, and it was a comedy, and he gave it. Two stars. Yeah, two out of four. Uh, he didn't seem to hate it that much, but he spent most of it like really complaining about the fact that it didn't play with this whole convention of these two leads didn't get together. Yeah, but isn't that great? Like, think about this. A comedy film is being divisive about its pairing. But I it, think that's great. Don't you? Like, doesn't it make you go... It ended up with the most boring no, it didn't. couple. No, it didn't. Excuse me. Eugene Levy and Queen Latifah? No. That's the most interesting couple. I think she's talking like, about... his whole purpose? Eugene Levy's whole purpose is just to, like, end up with her. I think Jess is talking about Steve Martin and the ex-wife, right? Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah. But I don't know. I just really love the fact that she got together with Eugene Levy. Because in a movie like this, usually, Eugene Levy would hit on her and it would just be for nothing but comedic relief purposes. But at the end of this, Eugene Levy actually served a purpose because he genuinely loves her. He loved her from the get-go. Steve Martin for most of this doesn't like her that's no progression like you want to see two people kind of overcome their differences and then kind of fall in love but like you said you know is this is this is this what the is, is this what the film's focused on I think the film is focused on a friendship I think that's what I this. Like it could have been so much more, and it's not even just because of her race. Like to see like a curvy woman, because in those. Oh, like, hold on era, to that thought, by the way. <laughs> like, this was like where like all those Cameron Diaz and. Oh, Cameron Diaz is curvy. Well, you know, You're she right. Had, she had like a Help? bunch of like no like romantic comedies. They had yeah, Annie. In it or yeah, like, yeah, Green that, Hornet. Yeah, Green Hornet. Yeah. Before. Oh, that, the mask. Or like Julia Roberts or Cameron Diaz. Yeah, like, Aaron Brockovich. Like, yeah. They were all the leads in romantic comedies, and you could have. 
you know, had her. It was like totally Doing the, same the opposite. Oh. You know, kind of like no, no, no. She's right because Queen Latifah is, you know, bigger woman. You know, black too. And she brings some different thing. That's why I, I do like Queen Latifah. There's no one else like Queen Latifah. I made a joke earlier, like oh, Oprah Winfrey, but. Queen Latifah is a genuinely unique presence on screen, yeah. I think. You know, and also, you know, she's one of those few rappers turned actor that works. Yeah, you don't hate, uh, especially <laughs> for a female one, because I don't think is I've she ever a rapper. Se- yeah, she's a rapper. Oh, I thought she was more. She has okay. a song at the end of the credits that plays. Okay, um, she's really gorgeous and she's confident. And I really like. like I've only, to be honest, I've seen her in three movie? movies. I think that I can guarantee you. Other than the Ice Age movies, what about so, Chicago. Chicago, she was very good in that. But well, also, right, I had the problem that. with Chicago as well with her because I'm like, I want to be progressive and be like, yeah, sure, this strong, independent woman can be black in this time period and not have any racial issues. But at the same time, it kind of undercuts it because it's like, you know what I mean? Not you know, it's in the twenties, right? Yeah, it's in the twenties, and they have this powerful black woman. It's like. I think you. I think in those days. No, not in America. No. Not in the South. No. She was a warden. No, but right? in the in the. 20s, she was the warden. Yeah, but in the twenties, you could. It's like when later on. No. Like yeah, because like no. this was like this whole you know no. new age kind See, of thing. No. Then, Wait, so and, racism started later than twenties. Yeah, it no, kind of stopped after Civil War. They came back in the fifties. No, I'm saying there was this free period where it was just like no. and then it became more and more conservative. No, no, no. You're saying that because you know what happened. The conservative bubble got popped by people like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. In the 60s, right? In the 60s. So then, it's like, oh, all the 50s were bad because the people like, like Martin Luther time. King and all that were advocating in the 50s and then got really popular in the 60s. But in the 20s, it was terrible for black people, obviously. I mean, just look at Hollywood. In Hollywood movies in the 20s and 30s, black people, oh boy, were they represented so well. Uh, but... Look, that's 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 one issue. Like that's Queen Latifah. And the other movie, it's one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Uh, probably my favorite. Uh, Stranger than Fiction. She's in that movie. Uh, Will Ferrell serious movie. Emma. She plays Emma Thompson's uh, 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 assistant who has to like push her to write this book. And Queen Latifah shows. Even in this one performance in this movie, like look at this scene. She shows you that she can play both comedic and serious. Yeah. I think that's what I like about a genuine comedic performer like Steve Munn and like Queen Latifah. They know when to turn it on and off. You know, Steve Munn's being a bit silly here, but then he also is serious. Mm. And she's playing it serious straight out. But then look, a little bit of comedy. Yeah. Like that, you know? Like, it's a perfect blend. While someone like, you know, like, I, I don't want to say I have it out for Will Ferrell. I'll keep bringing him up. <laughs> but like, in a comedy movie, movie, Will Ferrell only plays comedy mode. He never, like, lightens up in a lot of his comedy movies. Like, and that's that, that's a part of the appeal of something like Anchorman. You know, that's a part of it. But then when you have a movie like Daddy's Home, in which you're supposed to root for him over Mark Wahlberg, you go, but you're only in comedy mode. I don't feel any sincerity. See, this movie, I think this is what I miss about comedy movies that were written. There's a certain level of sincerity to them. Because you know that someone thought about the character arc... And development. While in a more modern movie where they're improvising it, it's like an afterthought at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what? The goal is more the laughs. Yeah, like in this newest movie, Fist Fight with Charlie Day and Ice Cube, 
the lesson that they learn at the end of the day is to punch each other, and that's the setup of the movie. So what did they learn? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. At this yeah, movie, the point. setup is Steve Martin's an uptight guy, and at the end, he's loose. Character development. Look at him here. He's loosening up, and I love this. I love this next shot. Steve Martin's face reminds me of a cat. You know, it's like when he smiles. Look, look. I love that. Doesn't he look like a cat? And then look at him go. He's just there, and he's just like, oh no. I had to pause the movie at this point and laugh. <laughs> Jess, this is a comedy film. Did you find any laugh out loud moments for you? You were drunk. Yeah. So was the whole thing funny? I think by this point I started watching Cherry Brother Doesn't Notice that I was watching a new movie, but yes. See, yes. that's how... But there was some laugh out loud, loud moments for you. What, what, yeah. what were some of those? I think, like kind of you were saying before, like just watching Queen Latifah and watching Steve Martin just kind of... Play off each yeah, other. Yeah, kind of play off. I, that, like that was the best part of the kind of film with the aggravating how funny points. would it be if at the end of this film they get together and we're just messing with Jess the whole time <laughs> <laughs> it's not sorry. true but but it's, it would you be funny right you just destroyed my table like, I'm sorry and we just go like, through it hey can I bring this up see these pills here like, no. see these pills here he's taking pills what were they for oh who cares he's American they all take pills <laughs> <laughs> racist totally generalized I don't know, maybe it's implying it has some heart condition or something. I actually class. thought I actually thought Dude. oh what a weird ending to the film he just takes it's pills and he kills himself <laughs> he... oh it's all a dream there was a bit at the start Quentin Tico wasn't real yeah no, no yeah, magic I, it's Johnny Darko <laughs> he's in like a time loop now it's here's something club. can we please watch the scene here okay. and I really want you to note emphasize your gaze to her hands Okay, mm-hmm. we'll chat. But are you a hand man? No, 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 no. While we chat, just pay attention to her hand acting in this scene, because I really want to notice I still if you. Don't like her though. Sorry that you don't like Jean Smart. No. So, I really want you to like. I know they're not showing her hands, but just like you know, keep an idea of. Oh, her hands are on the bin in this yeah. scene. Yeah. Keep your eyes out for them, right? Yeah. Pay attention to it, because I really want this you to answer. No, no. Thing. I really want you to answer a question for me at the end of this uh, scene, but. See, there's a scene like this, Jess, in which is building their relationship. Like, he still loves her and she still loves him on a level, but they but can't be... Been, like, at the end, like, well, you can never... They do get together. fully over relationships. Like, you'll have something special. Yeah, and they do that at the end. But you don't actually have to get back together with them. They just kiss at the end. So, see, she's stroking the bin. Good job. Mm-hmm. So, Jean Smart's not uh, for Jess. But Jean Smart's for Ryan, because I think it's great that she plays this character not as the bitching ex-wife character like she could have been this really nagging annoying stereotypical character but she's kind of a sweet person that's why i like related her to the most normal person in the film except for like she comes out with this racist uh moment and i'm it's still realistic for her character to do but it's just a real surprise. You know? I, st- I still feel like she needed to kind of like go off and find herself a bit more. She found herself with she a 14-year-old caddy. She did not need like do other things. She did not need to go all the way around she and went find to a- herself back with her old husband. Look, if you want to watch Bringing Down the Smart, the movie about her soul searching. Yes, Eat, Pray, Love, this shit. Woman. Eat, Pray, Soul Search. <laughs> Thank you. So, live the headdresser, you know, the scarf. That Queen Latifah has. That's what they... I'm, that's what? Wait till we go back to it. I just... 
Hold on, hold on. For a second. We're, we're still watching Hands. Mm. This is a real big important thing. Hello, Steve Martin. Bye. <laughs> and then... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Answer why she did that. <laughs> because... She was taking out the bin, yeah? And my answer was, well, she was touching the bin, so she went, ugh, but she was already touching the bin, and it's not like she put her hands in the bin. She was touching the bin lid, which, if anything, is the cleanest part of the bin. So why did she, she do that? She was stroking it, though. Yeah, but... She but, just moving the dust. But that doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's not dirty enough to go, ugh. Like, it's like she reacted like she put her hands in the trash. See, Bartek, I'm glad you laughed. Maybe she didn't realise there was still filming. Well, it was funny, but... Maybe she didn't realise there was still filming and she's like, I do not touch bins. We, we I, I saw sp- the real smart I su- right there. I suppose, Ryan, you would have to consider that while you would think that the bin lid is the most clean, you don't necessarily clean it. No, but it's not the dirty part. True, but it's. Um, it's I not think like you, you know, you clean it. Yeah. What if like animals? Hang but out but on you know, I mean, like when you take like when she was already holding onto the bins, she went there knowing that she was going to do the bin duty. So why did she react like, oh my god, what did I do? Like well, I, you know what you're doing. I think she broke character. Well, I, think well, it's I just a terrible acting. I think. I wow. I do not think we that. I think who she is. She's a terrible person. <laughs> she deserves to die. We wow. do know who she is, and she... she's not the one baiting pedophiles on the internet. <laughs> yes. I was fourteen. And getting drunk. And tell they're not pedophiles. I didn't know. They were pedophiles. Was that? Technically, they're not pedophiles because they didn't know they were pedophiles because they didn't know we were fourteen. Oh well, there you go. Look, I think that we did know her character. We know that her character still has feelings for Steve Martin, and in this surprise meeting right there, she might have, you know, kind of lost senses of herself. And you know, when you're nervous, you you play with your hand. You know, you like tap things. People do it when they come on this show. Like sometimes they like, play with things. Look, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes if there's a pen in front of me, I play with it while we watch the episode. But um. I think maybe because she didn't realise that she was, you know, rubbing the hands over it. The second last shot you see of her hands on it, she, like, does three completely different things. So It's a hands, dance piece. Yeah, kind of like a dance piece with hands. And haven't you ever come home after, Doesn't. like, travelling on public transport and think, oh, my hands are a bit sticky, I should wash my hands? Yeah, it's usually when I touch other people's stickiness on, other pe- on public transport, I think that. Well, I mean... Yeah. One time, Bartek, I was catching public transport. Yes. And Jess was on there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And this is true. Jess, at early day in the morning, was Dude, heading to work. Dude, you not judge me for wait, really early... Wait, wait. I'm heading no, to work. I'm not good heading to work. Heading to work. And she's a little bit... And this is true. I'm not... You can't say I have every drunk. story. I am not... I was not drunk. And you were like, I was drinking last night. I've still got a bit of it. Yeah, it'll be fine. And I'm just like, typical, yes. Is anyone from And yeah, you know, she just had a hair appointment. No, this is when you worked at your old job. Oh, okay. It just had like a hair up, like, because she just had her hair done for five hours as well. That's why she missed Bride Wars. Okay. Oh my god, that was legitimately cute. <laughs> she had this contraption on my head and I could not get out and of it. And her hair looked the exact same afterwards. They're at- $200 worth of so, Barsa, when you go to right other people's now, houses, do you look through it. their meal or mail and their meals? Do you ask for meals and look through their mail? Uh, sorry, I was listening to two people at once. Can you say it again? When you go to someone's house, do uh-huh. you look through their mail? No, but I'm also not an heiress who likes to judge people. Oh, okay. Oh, Jess, you're an heiress yeah. who yeah. likes to judge 100% people. 100% I've gone through people's mail before. Have like, you? Yeah. Who's yeah. mail? Have you um, gone through my mail? 
You think you're earning interesting stuff though. It's meant to bills and stuff. Yeah, for all of us. Wait, are you talking yeah. about like when you live together? Or yeah, like other people's houses. I really love it when I get like a mail. Actually, I'm not hypothetically. I still think this is illegal. I'm not admitting to anything. Um, but, it's like, okay, Jess. The police aren't going to get you for that. They're going to get you and, for like, everything one else. One of the houses I lived in before this one, um, this guy kept getting these like bank statements and things oh, like that delivered. You monster. And you looked, didn't you? Yeah, he has so much debt. And I got stressed out for him. Wow. I had to, like, stop doing it. Jess used to get... Jess moved away from this house and she her mail honestly kept coming here for like a year. And you never sent it to me. No, we said, hey, Jess... You got mail, and, and I you're. Gave, I, I gave Mark my address, and then he sent them to you, and they never came to you. And then here's the best part: like Jess's mail, and we're like, "Could you do something about that?" Yeah, a whole year of getting Jess's mail, it and it's like, like, and it just comes on the. No, it was like oh. nine letters. I <laughs> never received one of them from no, you guys. You when fun fact, Jess the came only on. I got Jess, when I come here. Yeah, exactly. I asked Jess to come on the podcast so we could give her mail. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Why I go, here today? I, well, guess what, Jess? All right, well, I'm going we to got your guys. Viagra packages <laughs> for your dick. Eddie, you just jealous because it's bigger than yours, like really. I'm sorry, Jess has Jess has much more masculine features than I do. A big dick, big hairy arms. <laughs> oh fuck off! <laughs> They're actually hairy. Oh. <laughs> they are so much hairier than mine. <laughs> Um, you know, the usual, but you know who's a hairy person? You know who's a hairy person? Steve Martin. He's not hairy. He is. He's got, uh, look at it. Wait, no, no. Have you never seen Steve Martin without a shirt on? No. No, seriously. He's a really hairy guy. Like, and also Steve Martin's known for his forearms being incredibly hairy. Like, that's actually a thing. Like, Steve Martin's a hairy guy. Like, but he never has a beard. He's usually clean shaven. But it's like, he's incredibly hairy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. When, you know, you're alone late at night, drinking, looking up Steve Martin with hair. Steve Martin, beard. Wasn't there a point in The Jerk where he was homeless? Yeah. Could that have been a time where he had a bit of facial hair? He just, Maybe. like, grew it overnight or something. Maybe. He had a moustache in The Pink Panther. He oh, did. He... That must have been fake, though, right? No. No, 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 no. He really grew that. And just cut it to look like the Inspector Clouseau. So, Bartek. Steve Martin. Yep. Do you do you have a favorite Steve Martin performance, movie, role, moment? Well, in terms of role, like I said, I've seen him in a few things, but the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles one really yeah. like stuck out to me because it wasn't one of the silly ones. Neil Page. Yeah. And I, I reckon it's probably the one I remember him most in. Like I haven't seen mm-hmm. Cheaper by Does the Die. Cheaper by the dozen in a very long time. Well, in the sequel, it has Eugene Levy in it. Yes. As his neighbour. Do you know what else has Eugene Levy? New uh, York Minute with Mary Kay and Ashley. I don't want to do that. So, uh, it's, hey. it's a TV movie. <laughs> if you're a true Eugene Levy so, fan, you would have watched that movie. I have. We, uh, he's the greatest. We stick by the no TV movie with so, the show, though. It's not TV Steve movie. Planes, Trains. I, I gotta say. Well, she said it's in cinemas, Ryan. They yes. show TV movies. New York Minute was a cinema movie. I went and saw it in the cinema. Oh, well, you could do People. a podcast about it. So, uh, my favourite Steve Martin, you know, Planes, Trains is my favourite movie, but, you know, I have a real soft spot in my heart. I grew up with Little Shop of Horrors, and he was the dentist in that movie. He had black hair in it. 
And he was great. That's one that I want to see. He has one of the best. He has one of the best songs in the movie as well about how much he likes to inflict pain onto people because he's a dentist. And uh, he has what he does in this movie on the occasion. He uses his goofy Steve Martin voice, like he uses his southern voice. Like in this movie, he does it every now and then. From Texas. Yeah, in this, he uses it every now and then. Like, just as an off-comment joke. And I'm just like, look at him here. This is the Steve Martin. Physical comedy Steve, yeah. you call him. Look at him go. Oh, yeah, Jess. Um, the, the subtitles aren't telling us about the noises, but they're making a lot of uh, shitting noises at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Jess, just for you to know, he's shitting his pants. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you think wait, did you think he just yeah. got up and got possessed? I was, that's and like, why I was so oh, quiet. Oh. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I just realised that we should have probably explained that since he... So Steve Martin shit himself on set that point. day and uh, he was like, put it in the story. Okay, well that's <laughs> a true artist right Hold on, did we also miss the Negro song thing? Uh, yes, yeah. we did miss the incredibly was... great song that the guy used to sing on the plantations. Yeah, the tobacco plantations. Coming back from the tobacco fields. So, yeah, woof, is what the dog's saying. You're right. We should edit, we should edit this movie to make her sing, like, N.W.A. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube coming straight from the underground or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the police. So this news report was the only reason I realized she had a tattoo on her breast. I never actually paid attention to it. Yeah, well, you know, the that's queen. why this movie failed, is because it did the really subtle... Um, it already mentioned her tattoo on the breast earlier in the film. Yeah. Uh, is is too subtle for people like for Jess which people was like Jess which I said the was romance brave. yeah the romance was too too forward thinking and then and then for people like say Bartek like Bartek gets it he he loves it of course but say people who aren't like Bartek who has to watch this for a show and appreciate the masterpiece of it it flies by their head the little details like the tattoo on the breast like they have that throughout the whole entire movie see it's little details that makes a film. You know, every film is a western at the end. But if you change the details, the little details, everything changes, everything becomes unique. And this is a very unique movie. The little changes, like her outfits, where does she get them? She just came out of prison. You know, it's the little details that really make this movie. I'm not saying that this is the greatest film of all time, but it's the greatest film of all time. It's a film that inspired many other films. You know, I think of a film today like 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, would God. that have been as successful without Queen Latifah paving the road ahead for people like Michael Fassbender? How the hell has an lightning bolt come down and struck you? And, you know, I look at people like Eugene Levy here. Eugene Levy's a comedic genius, and I think he really gets the credit he deserves in this movie. He Everyone loves him in American Pie, but this is Eugene Levy at his most Eugene. He's barely... He's in this movie you know for a solid a 20 minutes. Like, for most of the film. What? New York Minute with Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen. Is he their dad? No, he tries to... He, I think he tries to capture one of them, Mary Kay. Oh, so it's like, like Mike. Them. Okay. Yeah, so he's, like, chasing them the whole time. <laughs> Is he a pedophile? No, I think he's, like, a debt collector or something. Are they in debt? No, she's... No, maybe she's a teacher. Now, look he's at this. trying to get her. Bartek, tell me how yeah, afraid so you were. she escapes detention or something like that, so he goes to New York to chase her down. Oh, so she's a criminal. Okay, cool. No, and he's she's a... underage. Great. Cool. Yeah. I think he's a teacher. Bartek, I don't really pay were you afraid guys. during this scene for Steve? 
it definitely is a jump in terms of the intensity of the film. Yeah. Because nothing really has been life-threatening. Until, until Widow comes in. Until, and this is the an, this is the antagonist we were kind of alluding to earlier, who at this point in the film, he takes that role that was until then sort of not really being filled. Wouldn't it be great if he was actually in the wrong car? Like he was meant to be there for Michael <laughs> Rosenbaum? I said earlier to myself, I wrote this down, I really want to bring this up before I forget. I know it's late again. But earlier in the movie, you know at the start, Michael Rosenbaum and Steve Martin having a pissing contest about who should take the case? You know what I'm talking about? Like, earlier, yeah. Steve Martin's like, I'm older, so you'll respect me. Wouldn't it be great if the scene... I mean, he, like, wanted to seduce the old lady. Yeah, and the other guy like wanted to seduce the old lady. Wouldn't it be great if the scene ended with uh, the, 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 the the boss being like, well, that's all good, boys, but uh, we're giving it to Eugene. And just throws it to Because there was a whole board of lawyers, and no one else was wanting this case. <laughs> It's like, why is it... We need someone who's impartial. Why is Eugene there? <laughs> like, why is Eugene Levy there? Wouldn't it be great? And Eugene Levy's acting like, yeah, I want, I want the case. That's why Eugene impersonated. Yeah, I want the case. Why is yeah, she just, like, sitting in a park and Because she has around. no friends. But she's, like, a wanted criminal. So she's wearing a beret. It's the she's movie. a very smart person. She's like, wearing a beret. I couldn't tell it was her. The movie... When they actually showed her in a beret, I said, was that a French lady? This is a very smart movie, and it's acknowledging the fact that America is so racist they can't tell one black person from another. That's actually what they're saying, and, and they can't tell any Steve Martin from a Leslie Nielsen. Are yes. they saying that, or are they just doing that, and you think that they're No, they're doing it and saying it. It's a film. It's the kind of thing Films where... Films are visual medium. It's the kind of thing where... <laughs> it's the kind of thing where actions... Me on that. It's the kind of thing where actions are louder than words. I was... At a party recently, and there was they were playing a game, and they're like, "Which would you rather watch? Live in a world where you where movies don't have sound, or live in a world where movies are nothing but sound and no images? Like, so you'd either be watching a movie, and it has no sound, or you're just like listening to so like the a movie. Silent movie, or like it's or still radio. like no, no, but it's like see this movie, it's still happening, but there's just no sound. Yeah. Like, everything's the same, except no sound. Or a universe where you have no image of... Like, there's no film image. Just, it's just like the audio. So you have, like, even the moments in between of just car driving sound and music. Which would you rather? No image but sound. If you could work it out. Okay. I think maybe the opposite. As long as I have subtitles, of course. That's... But, um... Oh, you didn't say that, though. But you I didn't like, no, think... I feel like that's cheating. No I like subtitles. how... Here's the thing that I disagreed with. I, I only I, picture? I you, you get picture. Yeah, but no subtitles. Didn't say that. You couldn't have it. I, I feel like you can't But here's the it. thing. Here's the thing that I love about it, right? I love that people like Jess go, Me, yes, yes, film! A visual medium. I'd, I want to remove the visual part. That's a very accurate representation. <laughs> like, could you imagine? It's like all these iconic moments in film, like like Citizen Kane and and bringing down the house. You'd remove all the visual iconic moments from that because you're like, I'd rather hear Queen well, Latifah go, yeah, girl. If if you get subtitles, then I get like visual descriptions then. No. Like you know how on radio shows where Oh, so you want you want If you get subtitles, the, I get Fun fact. I wanted to go see the movie Lion 
yeah. uh, with um, what's his name, <gasps> Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Dev Patel. No, what's his name, Nicole Kidman? I answered that question. Uh, I want to go see the movie, right? Yeah. And the nearest cinema to me is in a suburb over called Chadston, and. That's not the su- Are you talking about Chadston Shopping Centre? Chadston Stop- Shopping Centre, sorry. It's not actually in the suburb of Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, the Chadston it's one. Weird. Melbourne's messed up. And I went there, and I was like, oh, Lion's on at one o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Oh, this story, I remember now. And I'm sitting there, Jess, and it's just like, okay, so there's no radar. Okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. And then it's like, Dave Patel, Dev Patel comes in, and it's like, such and such is now Dev Patel, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I realized there was it was a screening for the blind. Oh my! God. And then I found out every screening at Chadston is for the blind. Like I'm not kidding. At Chadston Cinema, ninety-seven percent of the films that they screen are for the blind, and the others are for the deaf. What? They have the closed captions or the narrator. It's very, very hard to actually go see a movie. I feel like people would complain. Like, they'd be asked... No, not the blind people. Who would go up and be like, Oi, how dare you think about the blind, you bastards? No, people would do that. They would, like, yeah, but they're not going to do anything about it. Because they'll be like... customer service, people... Jess, we complain. know that you hate the blind. No, I hate people who complain about the we blind. We know that you hate the... Them. I'm saying we, there's a lot of them in the world, right? We know that you hate the blind, because even they know what you look like. But come on. Man, the blind have to go up a lot of stairs to get to their cinemas, though. Yo, there's an elevator. Come on. What kind of blind person go to Chadston? It's like a hellhole. It's like uh, a maze. Like the devil. <laughs> so here's M- and oh. you know he's Eight Mile with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I've always you can't won- see his hair anymore. I would love to see that film. What Steve Martin in Eight Mile? Yeah. It's a true story film as well. <laughs> like Steve Martin tried to get into the rap scene before anyone else, but he did with a banjo. Doesn't your copy of um, Zoom also have that? For the blind thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone's copy for Zoom have the hearing thing for the blind? So don't have a copy of Zoom. Well, you should get a every Tim Allen movie you should collect together. Because we'll probably cover all of them on the show. <laughs> We've already done Shaggy Dog, um, Wild Zoom, Hogs. Wild Hogs. Uh, it kind of lost me after you went on like that. I want to do shows, Christmas like, with the Cranks. It's hard to be Republican these days. Yeah. What? No, wait, wait. Tell me more about Tim Allen. I don't know. You know, he's very Republican. No, I always he's thought that he was a Democrat with his... <laughs> Can you imagine being Donald Trump? And he's like, we're going to build a wall. He voted for Donald Trump and no, he was like, but... we're open about it. And he's like, Can you so imagine Donald days. Trump and his celebrity endorsements? Being like, we're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall. It's going to be great. We're going to make America great again. I don't want any of this fake news. Now let's go over to my good friend. Tim Allen. I was like, oh, thanks, God. Tim. Thanks. And then goes over to like someone someone else. And he's just like, Sarah Palin, what do you think? Yeah, good job. And just keeps going. Oh, All of this. Kid rocked the, um, yeah. Oh. They went to the White House and stood by the Hillary Clinton painting. Oh, like and like. Um, Who did this? Kid Rock, uh, um, Ted Nugent, and Sarah Palin. And Ted Nugent's giving her, like, a surly thumbs up, and she's pointing at the picture, Sarah Palin pointing at it, with a smirk face, and the only dignified person in the photo (laughs) is Kid Rock. (laughs) (laughs) He's standing there with his arms folded, doing a nice smile. Like, he's actually like, 
I don't want to take the piss out of this woman. She tried. (laughs) But they're like, fuck her. But that's enough about politics. Let's get into race and gender. Do you find it interesting that a lot of these uh, race movies that that, that we've been given usually explore the white man with the black woman? Or do you find it interesting that it used to be the black man with the white woman. So, like, something like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner mm-hmm. with Sidney Poitier. He's a black man, you know? But in, say, this era, you have Steve Martin, a white guy, teamed up with Queen Latifah, a black woman. And then in... Who, but guess, they don't end up together, though. So. Yeah, but then you have Eugene Levy, who's a white guy and Jewish as well. So he even has more stereotypes, like, more... More inequalities to battle as well than he, Steve Martin would. still like a sidebar. The thing is, you should have ended up with... Calm down. We I know that you were the guy sitting there going, Man, Bella should have ended up with the guy in the wheelchair. Bella should have just, like, <laughs> left everything alone and gone off and... Died. ...run away. So, Bartok, what do you think about this? We're talking about um, Kristen Stewart, right? No, we're talking about someone called Bella. Because we've we've done a movie on uh, sorry, we've done a movie on this show where Kristen Stewart has to pick between two guys and she chooses to run away. Oh, Zathura. (laughs) (laughs) She has to pick between having sex with her younger current brother or her older brother. We're talking about catch that kid. Oh that one! (laughs) Remember she sniffs them, then she runs away? (laughs) Yeah. So Bartek. Seriously though, um, yes. do you find it interesting that the spin on the 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 genders and the race is, is more prevalent now? So back in the '60s and through to the '80s, I would say it was black guy, white woman, and now it's black woman, white guy. Do you, do you find that? I interesting suppose my time? thing is that I never noticed if one or the other was the norm. Mm. Like, certainly when you told me about um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and then we did Guess Who, that was like a point of, oh, they did the opposite here. Yeah. But really, I'd never really thought of the whole thing as a whole. Sorry to use the word whole twice. Um, But I guess I don't see it so much as the genders mixing as it is just the two colours. Like, for example, what was that Eddie Murphy movie with Nick Nolte? Um, God, <laughs> not off the top of my head. Ah, training places. <laughs> That's Dan Aykroyd. It's it's like that R-rated one where one's a cop and one's a criminal and they're working together. Forty-eight hours. Yeah, that one. Yeah, like uh, things like that. It's like they're both guys, but they're both of different uh, races. So I, I just ah uh, yes, this... lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Will Smith ends up but... with a white girl. Right? In lethal weapon. No, in other movies. I guess when you mention no, Will's... Jada Pickett Smith is black. I know, but he's a co-star. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, now that you mention Will Smith, I do get the impression that, yeah, maybe black guy, white girl would be the more common one. But no, I'm saying in our day and age now, yeah. it's becoming less and less that and yeah. more black women, white guy. What movie has black women? Guess like? who? And bringing down the house. <laughs> Isn't that the past two decades you think of two? Loving. So it's still a film. Yeah, but it's based on. So there's historical films. Fifteen years ago, it's it's a historic. There's historical events of a black guy getting with a white woman, and they've made those movies before. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's becoming more the accepted thing in Hollywood or in films to have it flipped. 
in the day you get used to all oh, the black woman examples really I just listed you four, and you're like, not enough. I <laughs> need at least... the past 20 years. And they were them... all in the past 20 years. You know, this is something that I'm glad you're bringing you up. Because it's... Get out. That's <laughs> 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 a black guy and a white woman, see? Now they're going back. Oh. I thought, you know I meant the film Get Out, right? Yeah, I it's a black guy, white yeah, woman. That defeats but my like, argument. But like, yeah, but I don't know. Wasn't Meet Dave also black guy, white woman? But they didn't oh, really get together in the end. Like, no, because oh, Eddie that's Murphy right. gets that's together right. with a black he gets woman. With the other tiny girl. <laughs> Eddie Murphy gets together with black women all the time. But look, I am glad you're bringing this up and making me think about it because when I was watching this Thinking. film, I kept forgetting that it's a 2003 film. Yeah, it felt like so today. Today, I, I was thinking more along the lines of really late two yeah, thousands, yeah. like maybe seven, eight years ago. So when I kept, you know, having to rethink in my mind, this is two thousand and three. Yeah, I mean, the cell phones didn't give it away. Oh, the clothes, man. I, I, I guess. No, but... no, the early two thousands fashion style really lasted until I would say two thousand and ten. I feel like if this came out today, it'd be crucified a whole lot. Like people with, no, I don't think so. Like with the internet. No, I don't think so. Think about a movie like Get Hard. That didn't get crucified. And that's a movie where Will Ferrell... Again, sorry, Will Ferrell. A movie where Will Ferrell pay, play, pays a black guy, assuming that this guy's been to prison, to teach him how to survive in prison because he doesn't want to get gang-raped by black people. That's the plot of that Will Ferrell movie. And no one gave a shit about that being the plot. So if this movie came out today, I think it would be fine. Think about it. Yeah, and plus this film did get nominated for a few things and did win some kind of minor awards, like a Queen Latifah's acting, um, some certain comedy awards in like the Teen yeah, Choice and Awards. Two stars from Roger Ebert. Oh, yeah, where he didn't seem to hate it, he just really wanted the two to get together yeah. because that's just the way things are meant to be. Like following I conventions. I don't. I don't follow that. Which, yeah, I don't follow it. Either. That's why I said this film's really brave. Whereas I mm. think he said he the film should have followed. Brave. He ends up with the white woman after everything. Oh, stop being racist against white. white... Excuse me. Well, Could I mean, you hold you on to watch... the fact that you're being racist against white people, please? No, I'm hold on to that. That's not a thing. <laughs> Look, I'm not you. saying. Oh, wait, wait. Did you say that's not a thing? Being racist against white people? Hold on to that. <laughs> Are you hinting to some review, Ryan? No, I'm hinting to life. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I'm not saying that that particular part of the ending Punch. is brave, but the movie in general is very brave. I'd really like this movie to also be recut, but every time she punches someone, you have the Batman. Kapow! Bang! Also, also, I didn't notice that the heiress was standing on the bar. Yeah. Well, I... Just, I love how, I'm still thinking, I gave you four to five examples of films that do okay. this, and you're like, no, give me examples of films that came out in the last ten years no, that have, that have three the, films in the last twenty years, that's nothing. I gave you, I gave you so many films, and you're you like, that's not it. enough. Because these films aren't the norm still, like, the interracial, romantic or not, couples films are not the norm. Even if it is black guy, white girl, or not. Remember they're Oscar's not the norm. So Think, yeah, Oscar's so white. You, I mean, I'm not saying... In Hollywood, they usually just keep it to the races. Yeah. Like, Steve Mann would have... But I listed you... But I was saying, when it comes to the Hollywood films, doing movies of this type of nature, 
where they have the interracial thing going on in the older well, you were in, saying the, that in the, the other days you they were used to the focus black woman the white man and i was saying it's more common for the black man to get with the white woman i wasn't no, saying this doesn't happen yeah but i'm just... saying in hollywood that's what it always was for 40 years or more but i'm saying in this in the millennium of the 2000s it's been heading towards more black women getting with white men and I find that an interesting thing that they're exploring. Not becoming super common but it's being more shown. Um, yeah, but screw Asian people, right? They don't get anything. Yeah, that's so Take that, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> My favourite Asian actor. Second only to Emma Stone, of course. When did she play Asian? Um, in Aloha, apparently. As Aloha? Well. Aloha. She was playing um, yeah, she was playing Vietnamese or something. I don't know. Her name was like Lee. She was in Sleeping Dogs, but she didn't play an Asian there. An Asian. Um, so. It's a game set. Do you like the fact that this clearly English woman says she's from the South? Uh, (laughs) She's like, I'm from the South. You know who she is? Joan Plowright is the wife, now widow, of Laurence Olivier, one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, she got. The best actor dick. <laughs> I know. Now she's getting the best acting dick in her life right now. Steve Martin. <laughs> Look at him. Wouldn't you want that? I can't believe you just compared it Lawrence Olivia to Steve Martin. Hey, Steve Martin hasn't done blackface. Has he? Well, Actually, no. I wouldn't be... He's been he out of a black family in the jerk. Yeah, that's one of my favourite jokes in all of cinema history where they his black family told him that as he would grow up, the black would grow with him or something. He's like, the black would grow in. And he was like, okay. <laughs> he had white hair in that movie too. So look, see, look who's there. Eugene Levy is with Queen Latifah. Steve just leaves. They, I think that they're an meant to be. I feel like he's just an add-on. You're an add-on. You're here looking stuff is up this... on your phone about I what I was saying is right. So I know you. You're like, oh yeah, you're right. There are lots of... You know, think about it, man. Lots of movies. What are you? You're looking oh, up The Jerk. Billy Crystal did blackface. Of course Billy Crystal did blackface. What are you on about? It's Billy Crystal. In 2010. Dude, that's... Hey, hey. Robert Downey Jr. did blackface and nobody seemed to give a damn. Because he made fun of people doing no, that. But you don't know why Billy Crystal did blackface and you're like, oh, damn, Ryan, bro. They didn't give a damn. They gave him wait, wait, a can nomination. We just, can we just look at the subtle innuendo here that she, not only did she do a blowjob and kiss this guy and have sex with him, but she also indicates that she might have had anal sex with him, which is great. Just see, Miss only Missy Pyle can watch. See, only Missy Pyle can uh, do that kind of thing. She just adjusted her butthole. <laughs> she just adjusted her butthole. This is a family movie. Maybe she just. Who's this for? Maybe she just adjusted her <laughs> no, panties or something, right? But it was so much in the butt. You know you what just, I mean? You just want it. Right? No. No, I just want it. I just want anal with Missy Pyle. You're right. It's like when we watched the tuxedo. It's like, he fingered her butthole. <laughs> he did, though. <laughs> she tickled it, right? She, she didn't finger him. She had anal sex. <laughs> See, I think that's what one of the problems is with this movie, is it's, who's this aimed for? Is it aimed, I like how he took his receptionist with him. Yeah. Uh, who's this aimed for, Jess? Is it aimed for me? Um, is it aimed for you? Is it aimed for I people of our generation? I think it's aimed at people who like Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. No, I hope people will go. Oh, the Steve Martin Queen Latifah fans uh-huh. were salivating when they heard this pairing. <laughs> who hates them? 
That's actually, yeah, like, I already mentioned Steve Mann might have some haters out there, you know? If they think he's a dick or something. And look, here's the thing. Steve Martin, in his later career, from, I would say, parenthood onwards, maybe a bit before that, stopped doing his jerk, like, the jerk kind of style, the goofy, over-the-top silliness. Mm-hmm. And he lost fans from that. Like, people really liked Steve Martin because he was this edgy comedian, this absurdist, surreal comedian. And then he became your typical everyman. And that's fine. He does the everyman character really well. Like, he really does do the everyman character. But Steve Martin lost lost his supporters over time in that regard. But that's the thing. He's a versatile actor. He's a human being. He doesn't want to just be one thing. He wants to be three things. And I've already listed those three. And Queen Latifah, well, you just can't peg her down, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Still don't like this ending. You didn't even watch it. Yeah, they have hardcore anal sex while Missy Power watches and teaches them how to do it properly. She joins in. She would not stand by. No, she doesn't like Steve. She doesn't like Steve. This is the scene where she admits that she was just an illusion all along. Wouldn't it be great if this was the scene in which she admitted she was a 14-year-old all along? (laughs) It was okay that she dated this 14-year-old caddy guy? Like, Steve, I'm in fact 14. He's like, oh, that explains why you didn't like trash. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't know Wouldn't it be great if she was like Steve, I'm, ele- I'm calling him Steve, in this. Steve His, name, his character's name is Peter Pete Martin, I'm allergic to trash And he's like, ah, that explains why you stopped living with me That's fine Because <laughs> I'm a trash of a person But then she's like, I'm not sneezing now And it's a really romantic line and he's like, means ah, he's not trash he's anymore n- Wouldn't it be great if they made this into an animated movie And he was like what? a garbage bag With eyes and white hair And she's like oh allergic to trash And then by the end of the movie he grows arms and legs And puts on a tie And he's no longer a bag of trash He's a person <laughs> My favourite Pixar that. film Seth Rogen would not make that Seth Rogen would make a movie in which he yeah, was a pile of trash sex. and then it has gratuitous anal sex <laughs> yeah. with other trash. Oh my god, I'm a garbage bag. Oh, anal sex. <laughs> Great James Franco impersonation there. Uh, <laughs> was that too gruff and deep for James That's Franco? What, thanks. <laughs> thanks, you really nailed that one. Uh, <laughs> and then up. Oh, Jess, uh, it's your favourite bit. No, you've always wanted to see, you've always wanted to see Eugene Levy with Cornwalls. No. With dreads. Look at that. And they really did that to him. But only only half. <laughs> only half of his hair. It's too much effort to do all of it. And now they have sex. Oh my god, we're having sex! That's not Eugene Levy. <laughs> Eugene Levy would be like, mm, yeah. It, sorry, I got the Jewish actors mixed up. How dare you. And I want to know this guy's story. He's clapping his hands. Is he allergic to trash? He's the, um, his his hands are also dirty. Guy or moving guy. Yeah, I know that, but what's his story? Is he allergic he to trash? Know. He just clapped his hands. He was dusty. <laughs> what? Was she dusty? See? Different kind because of her trash. hands are always touching the bins. Of course, and his isn't. He might have brought their bins in. Maybe he was moving in. Did you think that? Did you think Maybe he might have? He might have just moved in their bins. Inside the house? He came from inside the, the house. The back of the house? Didn't go around. Hey, there was a no. Fly excuse girl. me. Excuse me. Why would you go? Okay. I think so this wait. Is excuse excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Fake news. Excuse me. Oh my god! I will leave. <laughs> you against right me. Now. 
He would wheel their bins to the back, but why would he walk the long way around what? to the front? Why wouldn't he just walk he's through the, the house? He's not the trash guy. He's not the trash no, guy. No, but he's moving them in. Why wouldn't he bring their why trash with them? Why is he touching them? the trash in the first place? Because he's, he's a guy. pervert. He's not. He's moving in. He's clearly trying to hit on 14-year-old girls online. <laughs> In so, conclusion, we, we missed it, but... Uh, in conclusion, there's an Andy Shuttleworth, by the way. We missed it, but uh, William Shakespeare, the dog in the film, was played by Linus the dog. Oh, so he wasn't actually played by Shakespeare. No, it was actually Fake Linus news. the dog. That's what the name in the credits well, said. Linus. <laughs> Linus the dog. Grace. I like Shakespeare. What, the, what a beautiful, graceful film this is. You know, that's what I... I'm going to go straight into my review. If I have to title my review, it would be Grace. Because this film rides the line gracefully. It, it does things in the normal Hollywood standard, but also subverts them and goes different directions. It may be upsetting to people like, you know, like Jess, and it may be confusing to people, but at the same time, it's masterful. It's graceful. It puts racism on the table and says, bad boy, but it also doesn't do it to a degree in which you just go, we get it, it's a message movie, because this is a comedy. It also points that race and goes, bad boy, but you can be used for comedic purposes to highlight the racial inequality inequality of upper-class white society. And I think that's, that's just great. Steve Martin knocks it out of the park. Who else could be this kind of character? You know, yes, he's not playing he's not playing out of his wheelhouse, but it's a damn good house to be in. Because oh. it is brought down in this movie. It is there's only one person for hair, by the way. Uh, it is brought down in this film. And that's why the film's called Bringing Down the House. It's it's on a literal and metaphorical level. I would give this, if I had to rate it, if I had to rate it, I would rate it a, you got me all twisted up in the game, <laughs> out of, out of a chocolate, out of my sweet mug of chocolate milk, which is something he said in the movie, by the way. So, Ryan, there's actually one more thing I want to know from you. It's a thing that you said was a surprise. Your favourite character. <laughs> you, you alluded to it much earlier, but we never brought it up. Well, what was it? we'll find out at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh Jess, let's hear from you. Uh, okay, overall, I feel like they took the uh, easy way out in the end. Pfft, racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay. so want to see them together. I feel like this total missed We'll write some fan fiction. Yeah, you can write some fan fiction. Oh my god, I am going to see if there's any fan fiction on the internet. There isn't. Someone has to. There isn't. Have you checked? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to start it. Just to let, just to let um, our listeners know, usually I read uh, YouTube comments and other things I find quizzes at the end of the episode. I couldn't find <laughs> I couldn't find many comments for this one, mm-hmm. so I didn't bother bringing them in. And there were quizzes that, like, they just weren't that great. Yeah. But... At least that showed that some people remember it. You know, there were some comments. There were three quizzes. I think that's a good precedent to set that some people liked this movie. So, but it also demonstrates Jess, how forgettable. You are here now, and you're remembering it. You're not making a quiz so, on it, but you're giving your no, your no, heartfelt no. review. Yes, but they should have changed the ending. And, and then it would have been ten stars instead of nine. It would have given them an extra one and a half from the. 
one and a half that I'm giving them. So the you're just a little bit below Ebert's. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I mean, he gave I, it one I half like... out of two out of four. I mean. Yeah, and so. that's what she's doing now. Yeah. Out of four. One out. One and a half out of five. Out of five. It's a fair bit um, is okay, that is that your two. rating? I'll push it up to two. Is that your two rating? Stars two out of five because I like Steve Martin. Is that like Queen Latifah? Is that your and Eugene? You want to push okay. it up to two and a half for Eugene? He's okay. How about two and a half for Michael Rosenbaum's wig? I kind of like the dog. Okay, okay, two and a half. Yeah, okay. Two and a half. No, no. Okay, go no, 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 no. Two and a half. Two, We're locking in two and a half. Two, two, two and a half locked two, in. Two, two and a half. Two, Let's go four just, and a half. Just, 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 Five out of twenty. <laughs> just no. Listen, listen. no. Sorry, five out of twenty-five. Can you not give no. me? Okay, no. Okay, your arms are two and a half. No. Two and a half. No. Two. 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 Just fuck. Just your arms. Just your arms are two and a half. No. Two and a half. I'm taking it off the more you push me. Can I find out a one and a half? Just. Just. Okay. 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 Can I push you to three? <laughs> no, no, Here's the reason. No, Here's the no, reason. No, do you want to hear the reason no, why I think you no, should give it three? No, I've heard you you wanna, No, no, no. Do you hear the next reason? No. Did you hear it? The soundtrack. No. Did you not listen no. to the soundtrack? One and a half. <laughs> okay, then. okay, three. So no. you got three. Jess, no. Jess, no. Jess, no. Jess, no. Jess. Can I push you to the three and a half? Now, no. you know, here's why three. You're already on three. Now, with three and a half stars, here's, here's why. No, I mean this seriously. You, I mean this talking, seriously. The more that I'm gonna hate this. Three and a half for Steve Martin's dancing God, in that one scene. Three, two. <laughs> three and a half. Okay, Jess, Jess, you're on three and a half now. No, two. Jess, no, I'm no, pushing you now. No, can I push you? To, can I push you to five? Two. <laughs> two Stop out of two. At me. Can I push you to five stars? Constantly okay, yes. saying things that Jess. I have not said. Just saying things Jess. that I have done that I have Jess. not done. Jess. No! Jess. No! Jess. Two! No! Stop laughing at me! Stop. We're laughing with the film. Two! I'm laughing no. at I'm laughing at the film. No, the I'm playing! Jess! I'm recollecting it. Jess! Two! Five, Two. five, five stars! Five no, stars no, simply for no. the title alone. How no. good is the title? Does the title not sum it up? Five stars? We're at five? The German title would make me five? to watch it more. There you go. German title exists. You can Two. go to German. Five. Two. Okay. So Jesse. No. So Jesse can go five. You know what I'm going to No. Gonna... No. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Stop laughing at me. So, <laughs> so Jesse's got it up no. to five stars. Five stars out of five. No. Okay. Can I push you to ten out of ten? That's just five again. So I'm five stars. Bartek, what about you? <laughs> just already gave it five stars. I'm out. <laughs> You're gonna miss the reviews. You already gave your review. No, 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 the IMDb reviews. Okay, Jess. So Jess gave it five out of five. Bartek, you. <laughs> Shut up. I have five out of five. For no. Jess. <laughs> Are you seriously? So much. I forgot that this is like to loop of you. You just constantly make stuff up, and I have 
I have not said. I think the Especially audience heard you say. I think the audience. I think the audience. I think the audience heard that you were making it five stars. Five no! stars from Jess. <laughs> five two stars. Two stars. Five stars. I hear. Two. Bartek. Two plus two plus one equals five. Good job. Uh, Fuck, but, two girlfriends still with you. Uh, right, hey, you know how long we've been together? Five years. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Such bullshit. Was that six? No, it's five. Oh, yeah, good job. Uh, we have five years. Uh, Tasha, Jess, you, you, know, you know how long you've given this review? Two five stars. stars. <laughs> That's how many times. Two stars. Five light years out of five stars. The five microphone's things. going red. Jess, stop smacking it. You're not going to make it up to six out of five stars. I mean, it's just impossible. It doesn't work yeah. that way. You can allow it. Bartek? I won't allow it. It's only five for Jess. She's made True. it clear. Stars! Stars! <laughs> fucking dickhead! I am gonna. St- I am so hungover right now. I'm gonna fucking strangle you. Stop laughing at me! <laughs> I can't wait to give this t- copy of the episode to Jess's mum. Who's like. She's not Jess? Who is. Jess? You gave bringing down the house five stars? It's True. clearly stars. a six star movie! <laughs> <laughs> Bartek! Your review. Your review. I am not doing this. Your Sorry, review. Sorry, Two stars. Your review, Bartek. You keep taking things out of my mouth. I'm just saying. Five stars. Bartek. <laughs> I made sure it was the same when she was drinking water too. <laughs> so, so I. Would it be great so, if Bartek gave it two shut stars? Shut up. <laughs> So I, I I like this movie a lot. It, yeah. it was a lot of fun, and I I, I, <clears throat> I have already mentioned throughout this episode my feelings on this movie. This movie, I feel like I put a French accent on there accidentally. Yeah, <clears throat> accent accidentally. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you should be sorry. Come. Oh. This is always the thing I do. Sorry. This is always a thing I do on the show. I, I talk about my feelings throughout the episode, and I feel like I just kind of conclude by repeating my points. But you know what? I think I made the points. The The points that I really want to focus on is the fact that this film is one of the braver types of films that we do on this show. Like, I will, don't necessarily think that I would put it in, like, a top ten list of the films that we've done on this show... I do I do genuinely believe that this is a great film, very unappreciated and that people should go out to watch it. <clears throat> but I feel like it is also one of the more divisive ones and I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Whether it's because it subverts conventions that people value or whether people might just really shy away from blatant racism or things like that. Or maybe they are part of this theoretical hypothetical demographic of people who do not like Queen Latifah and Steve Martin but I do think hmm? it's hypothetical jeez five stars yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's your new name just just and I and like I mentioned that I, I kept having to remind myself that this is a film from 2003 because I kept forgetting yeah um, I kept forgetting that this was from 2003. I, I felt like this film was ahead of its time, 
And while films these days, there are films that came out that might be seen as better than this one, but I think they owe it, kind of like young people to their elders, they owe it a level of respect, understanding, and they should be able to look at it and take lessons away from it. Wow. And what's your rating? You know what my ratings are? <laughs> I give this film basically the same thing you guys gave it. I really liked it. <laughs> Two stars. Five stars. Two so, stars. I've got reviews here, Jess, that match your feeling. Two stars. I got a nine star review here from 2003. It's called You Got Me Straight Trippin', Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it is written in London, England. And it starts as such <clears throat> The arguments and opinions of many film. F- of Many a film fan and critic persist about Steve Martin's current position in Hollywood. Many of his doubters believe he is past it. His films becoming horribly run-of-the-mill, turgid, and ultimately unfunny. The opinions are jointly contributing to the downfall of a once-treasured idol. But some have stood by him, myself included, through the thick black cloud that has rested over the white-haired maestro <laughs> during the last few years of his illustrious career. And with the, his latest return to our screening screens, he's back to prove once and for all that the wild and crazy guy is here to stay. <laughs> The film sees Martin as a lawyer, Peter Sanderson, recent divorcee, and top dog at his law firm, who now at the age of God only knows, decides to ditch his own whack existence and goes net surfing for the perfect woman. He apparently strikes gold with sex, just with sex, slim, blonde lawyer he meets in a chat room. But he is taken by surprise when his date arrives in the sexy, big-boned, brassy form <laughs> I get of escaped convict Charlene, Queen Latifah, entering his life with a strut that would make Oprah blush. Oh, <laughs> I love how he's going to put Oprah in there. You said that this one had the same feelings as Jess, right? Yeah. Charlene attempts to convince Peter to reopen her case and help her clear her name. That's not before turning his life upside down and posing as his kid's nanny tries to help Peter reclaim that what he so dearly yearns for, his family and wife. (laughs) How... Amen. Sweet. <laughs> like, was that one sentence? That was one sentence. That's the end of that sentence. And with all the tomfoolery that ensues comes a girl-on-girl bitch-slapping session between Charlene and Peter's sister-in-law a drunken uh, and a drunken night of dancing and sexual awakening. And this is in brackets. Believe me, boys, you've never seen it like this before. <laughs> and gangster parties are louder than Martin's legendary, legendary career. <laughs> Standing up to its title, House, really is a treat. Yeah, I agree. The TV show is great. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they just put House. Like, Standing up to its own title, House, really is great. Martin, although not in full-on wild crazy guy mode, is on typically top crowd-pleasing form. His portrayal as a life-searching middle-aged toffee-nosed twit 
is inspired, managing to mix the side-splittingly funny with the touching and poignant to brilliant effect, recalling such affecting form he showed in Parenthood and Bowfinger. Latifa, meanwhile, shows us that she has the potential for greatness. Her larger-than-life performance is bringing, bringing charisma and buoyancy to a <laughs> She's brassy and buoyant. She's brassy and buoyant, Jess. So largely one-dimensional character. She is also quite the vixen, too. The support from Eugene Levy is also first class. Playing is this Peter- guy Eugene Levy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's in England right now. No, I-, I thought that before you just said that line. Like, now he's complimenting himself. <laughs> uh, playing Pete's best mate, who is straight tripping over Charlene. Levy steals practically every scene. It's so weird thinking that he's writing this. <laughs> Levy steals, steals practically every scene he appears in with his deadpan humor and flawless timing, providing the sum of the some of the film's most painfully funny scenes. The overall quality of the film is pretty standard stuff. The plot is nothing we haven't seen a thousand times before. The writer and director, while both efficient, don't really add anything fresh and exciting to the buddy comedy genre here. That said, when the film's funny, it's an absolute hoot, with the cast stealing the show with marvellous chemistry and giving us three of the best comedic three three of best comedic turns you're likely to see all year. Delightful! Four out of five. See, it's different. Just gave it a five out of five. So <laughs> we have one here that doesn't have a rating, but I feel that it's a negative one. You know, I've got to include the negatives, Jess, because like you, some people do have negative things about it. Like you weren't wholly negative. You said to us, "I want to do this movie," and I understand why. I don't want. I understand why you wanted to, but this person has some negative feelings that you have too, and maybe they strike home. Like, hey, it's a masterpiece. That doesn't mean it's flawless. This is, weren't there any more scripts available in this for this cast? Review may contain spoilers, so just in case. What was that title again? Weren't there any scripts available for this cast? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Contains spoilers. Why do rich old women's old women always have to always have to stuffy and have to dress their dogs in outfits made for newborn babies? That's one question. Always have to stuff it. <laughs> always have to stuff it. Why do lawyers and legal reps always have to cater to the wealthy by basically kissing their ass in such a shameless way? Why is an escaped criminal convict, guilty or innocent, casually walking the streets with no disregard for getting arrested? Why would the news wait four or five days before releasing such information about an escaped convict? What purpose did the party at the house serve? What purpose did the racist neighbor serve when Steve Martin couldn't stand up for himself? If he can't stand up for himself, why would Queen Latifah believe that he would be a good lawyer in the courtroom? Why was Steve Martin's character such a pussy? In the entire film, till the end, he was an ass-kissing weasel who didn't stand up for anything. <laughs> Not one thing. Once Queen Latifah found out that Steve Martin was, uh, was only a tax lawyer, why did she bother to stay? For, Le- <laughs> for Leeds, I think 
only Eugene Levy's character was written with any real interest. Again, I think this is Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the cast was just thrown in to fill a script with no thought given to them. The gold digging chick was useless and has no reason to be in the story. The neighbor should have been finished at the second scene with her. The ex-wife had no substantial role. The kids. (laughs) Just filler. The legal team? (laughs) A joke of law reps. The client, stupid, useless ink on a page. The ex-boyfriend, what was that about? First, he's not around. Then he loves her so much. Then he's a killer. Then he, then, then he's striking a, then is, then he's striking a deal with a wannabe club hopping rap lawyer. If this movie was to promote racial harmony, it doesn't. If it was to make people laugh, it doesn't. If it was supposed to create an image of strength for women or the black culture, it doesn't. If it... (laughs) There was no if for this one. I this was to help the rest of the cast get recognition, it doesn't. If this was supposed to make cultures bond, it doesn't. If this was supposed to give a hot soundtrack, it doesn't. (laughs) The only thing this movie does is make the viewer feel stupid and put some money in the pockets of those involved in the making of the script. The entire script and film could have been done with Queen Latifah and Eugene Levy and turned out far better with a rewrite because this was just boring. So many holes. If it was cheese, there would be enough Swiss cheese to feed the entire country. (laughs) My favourite phrase ever used. Now, I've got a smaller review here, Bartek, and a little bite-sized review. A dreary... Black person brings defunct to uptight whites film. That's the title. No star rating. Sounds delicious. Now, Jess, prepare yourself. Okay, Steve Martin and Queen Latifah were the only two good things about this film. Okay, there was one more thing. The message that you don't have to be size zero to be sexy. Other than that, it was silly, but not funny, tire- but not funny, just tiresome affair. A world in which all white people are hopelessly stiff and or racist, and all black people are either happy-go-lucky jive-talking hip folk or evil thugs. See, there's someone like you out there, Jess, who, who has that kind of he thought. He gets the setting. Well, they get the setting. Now, I have a one, two, three, four, five, six-star review here, Jess. You know, this person's a little bit more favourable. And they have really something, boo. That's the title. Okay. So the white yuppie and black ghetto person joining up idea has been used a number of times in movies, but the dialogue between Steve Martin and Queen Latifah makes this one worthwhile. Probably the best scenes are Betty White's nasty comments, Queen Latifah teaching Missy Pyle a lesson, Steve Martin dressed and attempting to (laughs) put a full stop. Dressed and attempt and then and then and attempting to talk like a rapper. Especially because of what Joan Plowright ends up doing in that scene. And of course, Eugene Levy's statements ending with boo. Bringing down the house really does bring down the house. Completely silly, but fun nonetheless. Nevertheless, whoever would whoever would have imagined Joan Plowright, aka Lawrence Olivier's widow, doing what she did and saying what she said in the rapper scene? Could you imagine that? <laughs> Jess, that's a question. <laughs> so, so then, that reminds me. There was that scene where uh, Steve Martin thought homie was a food. <laughs> that was funny. So I have one that I think's written by Jess. Oh. It's called anti-white propaganda. <laughs> one star. Fuck <laughs> off. Well, it's not one star though. <laughs> oh, sorry. One out of one. 
Oh. Five stars. Uh, so. Alright, that's it. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Come on, you gotta hear your review. <clears throat> Anti white propaganda. First of all, I wouldn't spend a dime to see Queen uh, see a Queen Latifah movie, but I happened to catch this one on ABC the other night. I watched it for the purpose of seeing what anti-white propaganda it contained, because that's politically correct in this country. You can use such terms as white trash, trailer trash, euro trash, etc., and nobody bats an eye. I was right. One of the lines in the film was Queen uttering, Sweep up the right white trash. I am sick and tired of it being open season on whites, while everyone else is protected is a protected species, and I am disgusted at Steve Munn for lending his name to this trash. This is the reason why I didn't go to the theatre to see movies with either anti-white or anti-Christian themes. That's actually a question. That's actually a question. <laughs> this is the reason why? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. This is the reason why I don't go to the theater to see movies with either anti white or anti Christian themes? Screw Holly Weird! <laughs> 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 I oh made no. Sorry. I made no. <laughs> I made note of the writer, director, and producer of this film. So in addition to never going to another Steve Martin film, I will boycott all films by the writer, producer, and director unless white people regain their testicles. This kind of propaganda will continue. Let's spe- let's send the communists packing. Where's Senator McCarthy when you need him? Oh, dear God. So, do, <laughs> so do, do us three white peoples have yeah. testicles now? Uh, no. Um, we still got white propaganda, honky. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Jess, for being a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. I will answer. Who's my favourite character? Oh, yes. None of you gave your favourites either. The fucking dog, man. Oh, you like dogs, yeah. I actually really wow. liked... Um, that guy who just got boycotted, Steve Martin. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the person who wrote that review. No. And I'm like, what a great character they were. No, I, I like Steve Martin for... I basically explained why. I haven't seen him much in the straight man roles and yeah. I think he really nailed it here. Yeah, well, I didn't mean for mine to be such a build-up. It's not that big of a one, but I really did like... I think the performance... It was a one-scene wonder, mm-hmm. Pony. Or two scenes. I really liked the rapper guy that was talking to her, like smoking joints with the rich white lady and passes her a joint. And she's, oh, yeah? and she says this line where she's like, Oh, you don't care what you don't give a shit, shit about what I'm saying. And he's like, Oh no, I really do. And it just, he seems so genuine about it. And I like the idea that they made this club seem like it would be a club where white people would be killed instantly. <laughs> But she just rocks up and everyone's cool with it. Like, no one says anything. And you think these big guys, tattoos, smoking drugs, you know, armed. You think, with this what they set up, with her, there's going to be some something going on. And no, they're genuinely polite people. And I think even that shows that Queen Latifah has a racial stereotype that she's putting up about her own people in that set. Because they actually all really like the white lady. It seems like everyone in that club had more of a problem with Queen Latifah <laughs> than, yeah. than any of the white people that were involved. Like, Eugene Levy rocks up in this club in a suit and glasses. And he's like, 
The guards let him in. He's probably Remember, I read online that the cl- the club's called the Download. Yeah. Apparently, that's like slang for Gobby. closeted homosexuals. Oh, so, of course. So maybe that's why there's so many women there being with the guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with. No, that's it. why they're closeted. Like, like yeah. they're still gay, but they've got to dance with the oh, chicks. Yeah. <laughs> they, they look they straight. Yeah. Yeah, they look straight. So do you reckon the old heiress lady like walked out with two gay friends and it was those two guys? Yeah, her sassy gay black friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, and then the ones is like, bitch, you can't say that. And he, she's like, oh, all right. I guess I am one of those crackers. <laughs> I'd watch that film. I would watch it. And it would be called Raising Up the House. <laughs> Raise the Roof. <laughs> Raise the Roof. Where's, it's just called, no, no. It's just called Where's the Roof. And it's like her looking up. The photos her in her house looking up. And the, the poster is cut off, like, where the roof should be. Yeah. And it just has her two sassy gay black friends' faces on the top of the poster. Like, they're the roof. <laughs> <laughs> like, how good is that? No! So, Jess, it was a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad that you came on to the show. I have missed you since you were supposed to be on Bride Wars, but... You've been a great guest, you know, you've you've taken you've taken many comments on board, you know, by violently smacking <laughs> tables and drinking. And Bartek I'm glad that we're back on. Mm-hmm. We took a break. Easter happened, you know, we we are both good Polish Catholic boys, so we took Polish <laughs> Sorry. Why is that a joke? <laughs> you are not. Let's just Don't end it, right? right? Let's just end the episode. I don't give a shit. Anyway. <laughs> fucking get out of here! Oh, I like just you're like seriously. You're like you're not. I'm so fucking done with you. I'm I'm a good Polish Catholic boy. So either way, we what took a break. You're constantly. I'm uh, making fun of your. Uh, I'm not in Hillsong, but it's Hillsong. Uh, at least with me, I own up to the fact it's the Catholic Church. I mean, so either way, we took break because being Polish Catholic, we partook in Polish Lent which Mm. means you can't podcast for a while and um, we took that break and and now Polish Lent's over you know, Jesus died for our sins and he also resurrected himself to come back for us to be able to podcast. I think that's that's what I'm trying to say. And and we're just... Oh, you are going to hell. You are going to hell. (laughs) No, the tradition is basically that um, we're remembering the times before podcasts. Yeah, remembering the times, the the dark ages before podcasts. Also, last year we did an episode during Polish Lent and it had Eugene Levy in it. And then that episode only recorded 26 minutes. That's like Mike. Thankfully... We appeased the, the, the Polish tradition of Polish Lent and we did a Eugene Levy movie after Polish Lent, not during it. So that's why you have a full recorded episode, hopefully. You guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. If you want to support us, well, we are under the name Spin Polish Presents on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook. You'll find us there. You can like, subscribe, rate, whatever, any kind of support. I mean, you can suggest to us, primarily on the Facebook page, what movie that we should co- what movie we should cover because we may not have done this movie you know if this wasn't a childhood classic of mine well we wouldn't have done it I mean we don't know no you can suggest that on the page um so, do I suggest it? Uh, yeah and I'll do it with someone else so uh, <laughs> <laughs> you asshole 
<laughs> so you can feel free to suggest, but you guys, you're the real, you're the real blood flowing through the veins of our show. Without you, we would just be watching movies for fun. But we do this because you need the service, and we need to give the service to you. We're like drug dealers. You know, we wouldn't function without our addicts, and you're the addicts. Except we're legal. We're a legit yo. We are legit yo. Yeah, no, we're a pharmacy. Yes. You're our patients. Also known as chemist. Yeah. Chemist. All right. Over-the-counter drug dealers. Okay, fine. Drugstore. Drugstore. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jess. Bartek. Thank you. Thank you, audience listening people. Until next time, remember to be kind to each other. This episode comes out on Tuesday the 25th of April 2017. If you paid attention to the news over the last two nights, you would have heard that there was a uh, murder of a one Ryan Selinski. <gasps> the only evidence found on the scene was a knife, a bunch of blood, and a copy of all the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies ever made. Now, it might be easy to jump to conclusions about who the murderer was, but you need to look at all the facts, look at all the evidence, and remember, there is always only one truth. So solve it. There were also five stab wounds, so I think you can figure it out. <laughs> you fucking asshole. No, there were two Ryan. Five stab Out. wounds. I am leaving this fucking room right now.